household name in Dubai, the former MMA fighter, the owner of TK MMA gym himself, Tam Khan. I could never raise my kids in the UK. I'm sorry. England's home. I love England. When they're playing the World Cup, I want them to win. But I could never let my daughters be raised there. At what point did you know that MMA was over for you? No offence if you're going to do that, but going around shaking your booty all day and or showing your whole body to someone else, it's not going to have a guy go, you know what, I want a wife. Let's not get into the religion stuff, but I'm on about just having a faith in something bigger than yourself is the key to feeling whole. Every person lived by those rules, bruv, there will be no stress on earth. Mark my words. See how Tate lives. See how a Sheikh lives. Well, See how a Saudi lives. Bro, you're nothing. Everyone's got their way to do it. It's just a matter of finding your calling. If it was easy, bro, everyone's going to be successful. First things first, guys, before we get started with this podcast do me a solid favor and subscribe to this on whatever platform you're listening to it right now whether that's youtube spotify apple podcasts i'd appreciate if you just hit that subscribe button and it lets me know that the content that i'm putting out for you guys is hitting your ears at the right time much love this podcast is sponsored by contentremoval.com so whether you're looking to remove any images videos search results fake Instagram accounts, get in touch with us at contentremoval.com. Welcome back to the Frankie Lee podcast. And today I have an awesome guest, a household name in Dubai, the former MMA fighter, the owner of TK MMA GM himself, Tam Khan. Welcome to your studio, my man. Thank you for having me. Actually, I've seen a few of your podcasts before. It comes up on my uh, algorithms, what you say on my timeline. And it was about a week or two ago, I was watching it before we yeah, yeah, actually. hit contact. Yeah, honestly, it came up, I think you were doing James Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, maybe it's because he was here in algorithms. You know how the internet yeah, works, yeah, yeah, I have yeah, no yeah. clue. And I was watching, I liked it, I liked the vibe. And funny enough, days later, we get speaking, and now we're here. So the universe works mysteriously. Well, I, I'd, I'd actually seen you on Instagram, and seen you around the Dubai scene, and I was going to hit you up for a podcast anyway. But then Smiths came on your podcast with you, with Andrew Tate, and I watched that whole podcast and I thought, I've definitely got to hit him up. Do you know what I'm saying? I think he's lying. He would have never have done it if it weren't for Smith and Tate. So <laughs> let's just be honest. Now nah, I'm joking. Yeah. No, mate. Another bald legend, yeah. man. Yeah, We've yeah, got to stick together. Well, one on one. But do you know the truth is, I'm not bald. People say I'm bald. If, look at my nose and face. No other hairstyle suits me. So if I grew my hair, I look like the Incredible yeah. Hulk during that transition. You remember the 80s TV yeah. show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just shave it. Nothing else suits me. Yeah. So I, it's not bald, it's shaven. Everyone says bald, I take offence to it. Nah. So, so statistically, I've still got hair, but it's like a worn-out penalty spot. So I have to, I have to. It's going here, it's going here, oh, it's going all over. Virgil Arab helipads here. Yeah, man. I'm not lying. I see pictures when I'm bending down. I'm like, right, it's got to go clean. But it's effort. You know what I mean? Just get that clean cut every day. You get the rash, you get the spots, and it's annoying. So I've got a good barber, but people laugh. Why do you have a barber to shave it? Because when I do it myself, I get a rash. Yeah. yeah, I just I don't like putting foam. Have on you it. not, have like, you not used the fusion? The fusion, the fusion's good. Gillette Max Three, Max Three, Times Three blades, the special ones. Gillette should sponsor me, honestly. The amount of Max Three blades I go through. Yeah, yeah I, I'm always on them fusion. The, the, the fusion's how you get the smooth finish. But the, what people don't understand that aren't that don't shave their head. People don't understand grain direction. Grain direction is a true thing, man. Because it is, because it is. To, in order for me to get this smooth, yeah, I have to shave that way, that way, that way, that way. Do you know what I mean? Before I came I in, I swear to you, that's why when it grows out, my hair's like that. That it's like yeah. Even my face, I used to bob up down. You know, wherever it's clean. But now I realise, barbers know that we don't. Barber, my barber goes up to me and he goes, "I gotta go up like that." He goes, "No, no, your hair is going this way," and he goes down and this way up and over here he's a bit yeah to the side because. 
I can't see that, but it's true. People don't understand how how yeah, yeah, how, yeah. how like you have to groom yourself as a as a, as a when you when you, like obviously if you've got some hair left and it grows through, yeah, yeah, yeah. you need to obviously. You can't just let it grow through in lumps, so you've got to be a ball guy. You've got to beers, otherwise you have these fluffy kind of like But there's a lot there's a lot of work there's lot, what we're saying is there's a lot more work in it than what people think. Yeah, so like people so, think we just soap and go, we don't. There's a lot yeah, of yeah. art to having a shiny bald head like Frankie today, <laughs> and to looking like Shrek two point zero. There's there's some effort into it. There is yeah. some effort. A little bit of a brush of the beard. There was a there was a few fights in between. But let's go back to obviously where you started. Obviously you grew up in the UK. Yeah. Um, obviously, I know what that's like. You know, yeah. it's, it's not it's not as not as hard and not as gifted yeah. as what it's not it's not as gifted as what Dubai is. It's not as gifted as what Australia is. Just just give me a bit of an understanding and the audience a bit of an understanding yeah, of, like, of, your, um, of your growing up. I'm in my fourth decade now. Just touched. So I've, I was an '80s kid, which I'm, I'm so happy with. I think the generation I'm born through. I'm not sure you look younger than me, but we experienced everything from outdoor playing to legendary football games to the days of the A-team in He-Man. And it was at the time where UK and England was at its peak. It was Great Britain. In my yeah. opinion, it was best country on earth, great economy, safe uh, sport. There were no computer games, no social media. You'd get out from school with your uniform and play football, climb a tree, get into fights, the usual ride bikes, uh, get those st- sticker books. I'm not sure they still got it. Yeah, yeah, Mer- Merlin stickers. Yeah, Merlin. Yeah. We had tuck shops in schools. Imagine... I've got kids. In those days, we had tuck shops, meaning your parents would give you a little about 20p, 50p. You'd go to a shop in the school and buy sweets. Yeah. Imagine now you couldn't get away with that. Kids were eating sweets, crisps, Cokes. They were selling everything in the school. Tuck shop. So it was a good era. We'd get. I, I was actually old enough to have milk every morning in school assembly. We'd give free milk from the government. Whole fat milk. So everyone would go to school and they'd give you milk and you drink from the car. And so the government were great. Everything was at a time where England was at its best. Then... um. Yeah, I was born in North London, and my family moved to Essex at the age of like 10, 11. Canvey Island. Yeah, yeah, I know Canvey Island. Many people online might not know that, but it's the island of dreams. Forget Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) Forget Barbados. It's Canvey Island. But no, honestly, it's home to this day. I love it. It's a small island. Dutch colonized it, and uh, hence the name Canvey Island. I was raised there for my majority of my life. Went to school there. All my friends to this day... We touch base on Facebook, all there. Very humble, simple place, small island. I think fifty to eighty thousand people, maybe max. Um, a few schools, colleges, and uh, it's one road on, one road off. It's like the Rock, we call it. And honestly, great memories. Uh, I was probably the only Asian. There was two brown face or ethnic family on there were ours. There was maybe the local like Tandoori, which are like you know you get everywhere an Indian restaurant, yeah, but yeah. no one knew them. And it was our family. So, obviously, as a kid, I was the only brown face. It was hard to spot, easy to spot me, but easy to know me. So, I kind of was popular in a way as well because everyone knew me. And obviously, you have your fair share of racism in those days. But I'm not going to say, yeah, it's racist. Not. I think it was just miseducation. It's like I myself, growing up, you use the word packy shop. Like I'm Asian, I can say that, but they'd say packy shop. They weren't racist. It's just the word it was in those days. You watch Alf Garnet show Only Fools and Horses. They use that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But my friends, like, like brothers to me, my uh, family, friends, their parents, we were all together. They'd all come to my house. My mum would make meals for everyone. So, had a great upbringing. Loved the uh, loved the town. First day at school, some kid tried to uh, start on me. Maybe it was because of the color of my skin. I can't say it was or wasn't because uh, he just picked me out. So maybe it was the brown face out of a lot of white faces. So uh, 
Yeah, I had a fight my a fight my first day year seven. I remember going to that school. And after was that, that, was that your first fight you'd ever had? Maybe when I was smaller, but the first fight where it was like, oh, yeah. someone's waiting. He was a local tough kid in the estate. Yeah, like if you when I grow up now, he's like nothing. But in those days, he's a good kid. Uh, so my mum's like, I get picked up my mum after. It wasn't a fight, you know. Punching. Yeah, yeah, a few little. I walked off a bit annoyed because I was not used to it and a bit upset. So my mum's driving, looks in the rearview mirror. And I went for a friend, she's going, What's wrong with him? It's the first day. He's, and I'm like, No, it's just the first day. I don't like school, you know? I didn't want to go. So my mate goes, No, this kid jumped him. My mum goes, What? Hits the brakes. Where? Drive back. You've got to have a fight one on one now. Like, my mum made me, like. You're, 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 hold on. Your mum yeah, made yeah, my you. My mum's f- like that. My mum's like. Your mum made never. you. Yeah, don't one bully. One. Don't be this, but never turn down. If someone hits you, you hit them back. My mum raised me like that. You know, you've got that Pashtun, it's like a tribe we're from, blood, and we don't fear no one. And I'm like, oh, mum, like, I'm going back. No, 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 it's okay, it's okay. After that, my mum had a reputation. <laughs> that kid <laughs> was like, oh, that's Sam's mum. Yeah. And everyone loves her because she's like that character. And then uh, she put, went, put me in a gym, a local gym. Go, go get muscles, be strong, and you should fight. All men should be tough. Don't be a bully, don't be a thug, but learn martial arts, learn how to be tough, get muscles like Mike Tyson. My mum was like that. My dad was the opposite. Mum's like, look the part, be the part, and be a man, but use it to a, a good way, in a good way, but just have confidence. So, so your, fa- your family has a lot of history of respect there. Yeah, yeah, lot, it's lot. about respect, honour, and just being brave, but not stupid. Having confidence, she wanted to instill. So, uh, honestly, putting me in a gym, started learning there from confidence. After that, you know how it is, raised in school, you have fights here and there. I was always charismatic, so... I was the, like Jack the Lad, our friends. We were the loud, popular ones in our year. And as you go, you're in a schoolyard or afterwards, you hang around in our areas, playing football, hanging around, chasing girls. You know, the usual thing. So we had our, our like little crew, as you call it. It weren't even gangs. It was schoolyard. You'd have like each year would have the popular ones and the not so popular. And from there got popular and we were all together hanging around, playing football doing weights and this and that. So, yeah, after that, like, uh, I started taking seriously more of the fighting thing, whereas we just finished school. And, I mean, didn't really have, like, a lot of fights then because we were quite, our lot were just, like, respected. And we were the cool lot, so it was just more chasing girls. And Did it start off with boxing, though? Yeah, box. Actually, it was a thing called Wing Chun. Wing no, Chun, yeah, yeah. Karate, I think karate. Because when you're young, everyone thinks Bruce Lee is the hardest man on the planet and Jackie Chan is, like, from movies. Van Damme. So what you do is, as kids, you would have know the same. When you're like from like 8 to 12, 13, karate is the killer art. Like everyone wants to know karate. You believe one man can do this, you can kill a man. So it was karate. Didn't, didn't like really get on with it. But then boxing. Mike Tyson, I fell in love with Mike Tyson. My parents, my dad would watch him. Older uncles or friends up dads. So you, Mike Tyson, as a kid, we might <laughs> not have got, seen him. You got tagged in the video as him the other week, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I look as much like Mike Tyson that I do as DiCaprio, you know what I'm saying? But uh, Which is not. So, yeah, so um, watching Mike Tyson. And I remember when he fought uh, Frank Bruno. It was a big thing. And oh, my dad, everyone's watching it in the household. And we love Bruno because we're English. We're like, Bruno's the best. He was a champ then. Or, or it was a title fight. And Tyson just wiped him. And then... All the school went, who's this Mike Tyson? And this is just even before I went to Essex in London, I remember, I think in the 80s. So Mike Tyson, we loved WWE. So I wanted to be muscular and I had to box and fight. Mike Tyson, Hulk Hogan, Mr. T, the A-team. These are the kind of role models as me and a lot of kids had growing up. And um, 
So yeah, into boxing gym in Canvey, and it was a weights gym with boxing bags and guys holding pads. It wasn't really a formal gym. But you just kind of, just kind of learn. Yeah, you learn. In, in, in England, it's different because I teach here a lot of kids, and society is different here. Where the kids in England, as you know, they know how to put their hands up and throw a punch. They watch boxing's kind of a mainstream sport from the Ricky Hattons and the Prince Nazims, Nigel Benz to Lennox Lewis. So everyone knew how to punch. And everyone wants muscles. It's kind of alpha male. It was that generation where boys wanted to be boys. Jack the Lad, football shirt, get muscles, get the girl. Prodigy was the music then. Oasis. So it was that generation I grew up in. And um, it wasn't where you sit on computer games and you identify as a tree or identify as a wheelbarrow. <laughs> it was like this, this, this. Guys yeah. are cool in this. Girls do this where chew gum, do their makeup, act pretty and cool. You had the kind of like introverts like what you call stuff I don't like saying now the nerdy kids who are into what was the thing Warcraft you paint the yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. With that. but everyone got on society weren't as bad as now the bullying weren't as bad as it is now everyone got bullied a little fair share but social media changed that it was just you had your friends you'd get your five pounds a month pocket money you'd go to, on a bus for two hours to local high street watch a movie get a magazine get a McDonald's and go home. That, that was five pounds. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in that generation. Five pounds now, I mean, I think a McDonald's doesn't cost that. <laughs> it's too uh, ch- uh, expensive. So, yeah, I got into that. I started growing cook as well, genetically. Family are big, so left school. and I, t- I started getting into um, martial arts more because I watched the first UFC from Blockbuster Video. I hired a video. I said, oh, my fighting championships. And me and my friend took a load. And we heard about it from martial arts magazines. I used to like collect, and they mentioned the Gracie brothers, Gracie family, this family who were undefeated and fighting. And that day, in those days, we thought the hardest men on earth were. Roger Gracie. Now, before that, it was like Lenny McLean, yeah, yeah Mike yeah. Tyson. We didn't know there's another world. We thought Mike Tyson is it. Boxing is the ultimate. We didn't know about what mixed martial arts was because in the UK we didn't have the. Uh, there was no pay per view. It was just Sky Sports, football. Boxing, that's it. So I read this magazine. I'm like, with my friend, look at this. They're like in the gi kimonos. Hardest men. They've had 500 fights. They beat everyone. They look skinny. They don't even look hard, yeah? So we got the UFC and we watched Hoist Gracie for the first time. And I was like, wow, this guy's doing these moves like chokes. And no one knew what a choke was. So I'm jumping with my mate. We're just choking each other out, wrapping our legs around each other's heads, going, I quit, I quit. Fell in love with it. And the craziest coincidence is it's like it was written looking everywhere internet just started so you'd have like web browsers where can I learn this Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Gracie Jiu-Jitsu and literally 15 minutes 20 minutes drive from my house there's a restaurant an Italian Sicilian guy called Daniel Bazaar who to this day is my one of my closest friends he was a local hard man in the high, actually in the town so you know to the viewers when you're younger you would always get the local hard man the bounce. there was always a guy in every area who was a man it's not like that now. In those days, it was. So he was one of the local tough guys. When he walked for his big, he had big mastiffs and he'd have these leather jackets. He was 6'4". So actually growing up, I was about, I was just shooting up. I was 16, 17, just getting my growth spurt. And he was about 25, 6'4". So he looked apart. So I was like to my friend, who's that guy? They go, he's Daniel Bazaar. He's really hard. He's a champion in martial arts and all this. I'm like, okay. So I forgot about that. So anyway, I'm Googling this. It wasn't Google. I'm not sure what search engine it was. And it said, uh, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu classes in uh, South End. I'm like, what? And it was, he had a restaurant. So I walked up to his restaurant and there's a poster in the wall of Hoist Gracie and him. 
And this guy was a, a rich, I think a blue belt practitioner of the art. So this guy had travelled to LA to learn it from Gracie himself and brought it to Essex. So what a small world where, where I lived in this secluded area, 15 minutes away was that art from Gracie himself, the star, martial art. So I've gone to speak to him. The rest is history. We've become close friends. He had a, there was a church hall we'd rent, a church yeah. hall, bring out a few mats and he'd start teaching and mate, I fell in love with it. Just the technique, how physical it is, how grappling, wrestling, how natural it is, jumping on people, learning submissions. Guys half my size submitting me, and I was like, what's he doing? He's hanging them up. I couldn't even figure out how he was beating me. Got uh, obsessed with it. Did my first tournament after, I think, three months of training. It was a... Uh, and that was just straight jiu-jitsu, was it? Straight, yeah. But it was with a bit of combat. It's the Gracie way, where you learn also punching and kicking. It's... The Gracie style is a bit of a everything. It starts standing. So you learn that you've got to do it all. It's, it's basically MMA, Valetudo. Anything goes, which is Valetudo means in Portuguese, anything goes. So they taught you the Gracie's wasn't just like Jiu-Jitsu now has become kind of a, a business where it's ground, you get grading. They taught you as in how to fight, how to defend, every position, how to throw a strike. So it was more like MMA. And I did that in three months. I had my first tournament. I got a bronze medal in the national championships in Britain. And then from there it took off, I got I got good at it. And in those days, that was before, I think, in those days, Ian Freeman was the name, Lee Hasdell, Lee Murray. It was just about six, seven big stars in the UK. And uh, it was that era. It was just very new. And Daniel was one of the big names. Bisping, I think, came just a bit later. One of the undercards of my coach fought. Bisping, I remember fighting on that day. He knocked someone out in about a minute, Circus Tavern. So it was at the roots of... The beginning of mixed martial arts in the UK. And the beginning of, like, UK UFC fighters. Yeah, UK, it was the beginning. Like the, I'm talking about the, like, the final forefathers, Ian Freeman, Lee Hasdell, uh, Lee Murray, Mark Weir, big names, Paul Cahoon. These were the founding forefathers, the, like, the guys who would actually travel to Japan, Holland, and really take it to the next level, Brazil. And, it was, and I came in that era and, um, yeah, fell in love with it. We had a show in Essex, made my professional debut. I won, I think, the first round and just had a liking and just it became my life. Honestly, greatest thing I ever did, and maybe it's I say everything's written, God made me do that, was to meet Daniel Bazaar, start my journey there because because of that, everything's... It's Every, unf- everything. My whole life yeah, has yeah, come yeah. from me meeting that guy and learning martial arts. Whether I was good or not, it's not the point. The point is my whole career has spanned around that sport, whether it's been opening gyms, my network, meeting presidents to senators to pop stars to rappers has come from that journey of someone's small Italian restaurant in, yeah, in uh, South and on Sea. 100% like the most pivotal moment in your life was going to that school yeah. and getting picked on because that that first fight is what led you on this whole path to 100%. having this gym. 100% like, like honestly it's true it's like God's journey from my mum pushing me to go to gyms from that first fight from my mum pressuring me to be into sport from me getting that magazine to looking at this Gracie family to meeting Daniel Bazaar, and now to have him on. It's, it's just, sometimes you forget, but now speaking to you now, I remember that is the domino effect it had, and it's surreal. Like, that's why you never know sometimes how things pan out. This is why a lot of people who deem things, that they, they, they sit there with themselves and something happens and they think something's been taken away from them. Mm. And then the truth of the matter is nothing's been taken away from you. It's like, it's, it's, it's showing you a different path, you know? No, 100%. And that's why, I mean, in everything I do, like, I have guys here or students and sometimes they'll lose a fight or they don't feel like they're getting somewhere. I said, look, it's not always about winning. Not everyone's going to be a champion and be the best or the winner. But something will stem from that. Maybe 
that when you fight, you get this confidence. You think, okay, I'm not the greatest fighter, but I could be a coach. I might make a boxing club one day, or I make make protein supplements, or I might make merchandise. The guy might not have been the greatest fighter, but he looked the part, and he makes t-shirts and goes into the merch. Yeah. Like, for example, I watched the podcast of I think uh, Nelk Boys, and I was listening to them. I was thinking, I didn't know who they were at that point, and how they've made millions, and it was just from merch. They literally said, we don't make anything from YouTube, it's from merchandise. We have like logos or we have a quote and the merch flies off the roof. So, off the shelf, sorry. So I'm thinking, everyone's got their way to do it. It's just a matter of finding your niche or finding your calling. Well, that, that original fight that you had has led you to obviously having this gym, which allows you then the facility yeah, yeah. to connect with all these celebrities and to connect with all the, the Andrew Tates of the world, the Nelk yeah. boys, all the top fighters you have in this gym all came, all stem from that point there has to be a pivotal point in everyone's life and it's how you look at it yeah 100% like you said Andrew Tate we fought on this my first ever fight I'm a bit older so I started I think my first pro fight was 2005 4 or 5 but our show Ultimate Warrior Challenge which I kind of helped my coach and uh, his brother build that from the roots because we were the original there was like six of us who built a sport in that region Andrew made his debut on that show too. That's why I know Andrew well from years ago. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that platform, we have to thank those guys because that gave a platform for him to be in sport, to be a kickboxing champion, get his confidence in. Jimmy Manowurst, who uh, Brad Pitt, we had it all. All the top top names would be there either watching or fighting or guys came from there to UFC. So it's crazy how a small town like Canvey Island, South and Sea, Essex has got people to Dubai sitting in podcasts, sitting on rooftops. and Do you know what I mean? It, when yeah, you think it's, about it's crazy. it, it humbles you, but it's, it, that's how life is. I, I really believe everyone has the same capacity or capability to to be what they want. It's just a matter of sticking with it and taking a risk. Like, there's, what am I? Like, I'm not born with uh, special powers or looks or money. It's just I took a certain route I trusted and thought I'll get there somehow. A lot of bumps, but I got there. Well, others might think, nah, I want the easy way and just, you know. So, ha- so how do people get quiet enough to be able to listen to their gut to try to try and follow it? Yeah, it's hard because it's easy me saying that, but nowadays in society where people need to earn money, financially struggling, the West isn't at a point where gas, I see petrol's going up and people are, it's, it's all well me saying that. So I've, I think I don't want to be in a way where I'm being offensive where I say, look, take that risk, but you have two choices. You can either, in my opinion, have that, do the nine to five, work all day for someone, just so you're kind of secure, pay your bills, get your mortgage, maybe it doesn't finish by the time you die, and then you die, like, your life is that. But for me, I'm a Muslim, so my beliefs are different. I believe in there's a purpose of life, I'm here to worship the creator, and everything else is secondary. So whatever I do in my life is a passion. It's just, can I survive? Can I put food in my fridge? My kids are good. I've got a roof over my head. That's my goal. And the rest is a bonus. So when you have that kind of thinking and faith, you you don't tend to chase that paycheck or security. Like yourself, like you're in Dubai, you're in, you could go to Australia, you could go to LA. I like the freedom of, freedom's a hard word to say, but I like the freedom of like, not, I don't even like the word boss, but being my own boss in a way, also in control of my own your own destiny, yeah, yeah. Also, destiny, God's destiny, but in my old path to the extent to until I die. So, imagine if I wouldn't have took that choice of getting into martial arts or that step to moving to Dubai, I could be still working in a car front warehouse, well, which I was doing before, or uh, God knows, I've I've done Argos factory uh, stacking the uh, trucks. I've done it all, you know. So These were all jobs while you were fighting. Yeah, and uh, 
God knows like where I could be now or working in some like management firm sitting there getting the papers for the boss. He's like, is it done, Tam? I can't do it. And it's not arrogance. It's just, or ego. It's just, I cannot, it's not take orders. I can't sit in an environment where I don't feel my arts or my, my personality has been shown. Like I like to be on top of things. Like I work 24-7. It's not like it's work, but I'll call my sister. Oh, by the way, I've got this idea. It's four in the morning. She's like, I just woke up. Yeah, what about this idea for this event? Or what about this idea for a promotion for the gym? Or this guest coming, can we do this and that? That's how work is on my phone. Like technology allows it, but I like that way of working. I like that way I, I dress like a bum all the time. That's just how I am because I can. You know, it's my industry. I like the way I can always be at home for my kids when they go to school or go to bed or want to go somewhere. So that's freedom I've allowed. It's from yeah. hard work, but I'd rather have that and not be... I'd rather choose that life and sacrifice being a billionaire where I can, or a millionaire but working for someone to have my freedom and be successful in my own way or cho- and swap that to be working nine till nine for a millionaire, having a great salary, secure, everything paid for, but yeah. I've got no freedom. I'd is, rather this. Is, is it even secure though? Because at the end of the day, when you put your destiny in someone else's hands, then people got to realise that that's not security. Right there. Again, what's secure? Everyone's like security is trusting yourself. That's yeah, yeah. what security is. But you know, to a lot of people, they say that's secure for me. I'm safe. I'm content. Yeah, you're right. Content is what you think. For me, it's not about oh that payments coming through. We're paying our finance on the free cars. The kids have got their gymnastics uh, choir songs. No, for me, contentness is when you're healthy, you're happy, your kids are smiling, happy wife, happy life, and your family. Everyone's just healthy and you're secure. Meaning you've got your shelter and food. That's I swear that's the basics. That's all you need. The rest is all a benefit. People, unfortunately, from social media chasing, I want the Ferrari, I want the Richard Mule, I need to get on a private. That's the wrong... If you chase that, it's most likely you won't get it because you're chasing the goal, not the way to it. Yeah, you I know do, some people yeah. say you should aim high, yeah, but it's false advertising. Once you know what contentment is, the rest is a benefit and bonus for me. So I'm never, in a way, stressed and going, oh, I didn't make this or... Haven't got that. I swear, I'm one of those characters. When I see someone do well, I'm happy. If I don't have it, I'm not like oh, I don't resent anyone, you know. But I truly believe, and some people disagree. Do what you love, love what you do, and I've always said that. If it's a passion, you're always already winning. You're already winning because you're doing what you love, and if your passion's with it, you're going to have that more inside of you to push and work harder to make it achieve. Exactly why I do yeah. this, mate. Exactly yeah. why because you're, it's not a job. It really, it's not a job. You're no. doing what you like and you're kind of making a life from it. So is that not, that's not a job. That's just enjoying life. It, it, it's, it's, I love talking to people and I get to have conversations with influential people that yeah. can impact other people's lives yeah. and I record it. Yeah, but they're sure. conversations that I would have with these people anyway. Like I'd have the conversation with you whether we recorded it yeah. or not anyway. So I might as well record it and add value to other people's lives that way. That's the way I see it. And, mate, and I swear, and the podcast generate it's just taken over. I mean... You don't really need to read books. I don't anymore. I'll watch podcasts with someone on your channel. If it's fitness, listen to a James Smith, like a uh, controversial, motivational thing. You've got Andrew Tate. Sometimes you've got Lex Friedman. I watch some of the guests he has or a Joe Rogan. Or I like to watch a Ben Shapiro. I don't agree with something. I just like to watch some of the people who are controversial. I like to, I like to watch right-wingers versus transgender. I just I enjoy watching it and it... The future's changed. The old days we watch BBC News, Teletext, now it's podcasts. People get all the information on podcasts. You'll be, you'll be shocked and surprised how many people watch podcasts and 
I, it's motivated I, them. I was coming in the gym and someone who watched the podcast stopped me at the door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's mad because yeah. I'm obviously in Dubai. Like, is it? Is, You'll be shocked. It's, it's mental. The internet, people from the east and west at the same time can see the same thing. We're in life because we have that. It's like I not just, like you've got to be in UK to watch BBC. Now you've got online. They can watch you in China, India, Australia, America. So it's 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 the way I see it is if you're gonna if you're gonna do something you're passionate about, make make sure it's leveraged work. Yeah, so obviously yeah. this conversation happens once, but it's played thousands and thousands of times, and it's on a platform that, that that constantly curates that, and then you don't have to go back to it. So you you give the energy once, it's it lives on. Yeah, do you know what and I mean? I mean, I've done a few podcasts now. And the thing is, like people say, um, what would you uh, what do you recommend to people out there who are saying could they take the risk and do what you do? everyone's like destiny is different like God's giving everyone's going to have a different path everyone and what's set for them is set I truly believe from God but at the same time everyone's uh, lifestyle is different so for me to be selfish and say take that risk I can't always say that because some people don't have that capability they might be struggling so yeah. I don't yeah. want people to come back yeah you say that but I've got this I've got I'm a single mother or a single father I don't mean that but at the same time don't let people think that idea is bad or nah, you can't make it. That's When I say that, I mean that you might have something which is not easy. If it was easy, bro, everyone's going to be successful. So people, I think, when they get the first no or criticism, they start to quit. That's the thing where I didn't quit. Uh, you're right, you're going to be a good fighter. It's, it's like gyms that. don't make money. Because where we're from, the old days, it'll be a little warehouse, a gym, about 10 members. The gyms weren't a big business in those days. Gyms were just like a local juicer that would open a local a little garage and you pump. No, it wasn't like seen as someone who'd make a business from it, you know? So I've ha- you get naysayers, you're going to get people put negativity in your head. My point is to these people, you've got to just exclude all that tunnel vision and do whatever it takes to get that. But that means network as well. Your relentless focus, though, came from your martial arts side, 100%. Like, and it came from that. Your family instilled you with self-belief before you even knew that they were conditioning you to have that. Yeah, yeah. And that's that, and that was a gift in itself. Because even though it was probably a bit harder for you growing up, because of you, because of the, because of the way your mom and your yeah, dad yeah, yeah. and the way they approach life, the pressure, yeah. the, the, the pressure to you probably had the pressure of doing good at school, but also defending your honor. 100%. Like so, so you had it from both ways because that's what Asian parents are very yeah, much yeah, like, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Like in the UK, it's very bad. Like it's a pressure of academically, they you got to be this, you got to be a doctor, you got to be a pilot, and like. Uh, a lot of the Asian communities like their parents are very strict if you don't if you've messed up an exam like I was taking me out of the Asian demographic I was probably the most underachieving in GCSEs I was Jack the Lad so when I had my GCSE results I think the best grade I had was probably a D literally I'm not lying it wasn't because not intellectually there just I didn't really care I didn't study I just and my parents thought oh yeah I'm studying I'm doing good but I'm not like I'm out I'm bunking school and then I'm like oh and I wasn't caring about my future. I'm like, I'm going to get my ass kicked by my dad and mum. So that was that's a pressure amongst, amongst a lot of the Asian communities about achieving. But what they don't understand is it's too much academic, academic, academic. Whereas that's just a certificate. But, but Honestly, it's a certificate. Yeah, it helps if you're in a brokerage or a certain company where you can get that managerial position. You need to have that diploma or you're a lawyer or a doctor. But 90% of the time, bro, school's great. Educate yourself. Learn history, learn ge- uh, geography, learn uh, uh, like numbers, problem solving. You've got to do that. Learn how to socialize with people. But at the same time, it's not the end of all. The, the way the way I see school system is simply you go there to socialize and build a network yeah. of people that of people that you know, and 
that that's that's all the school's good yeah, for. It is. I won't cuss it totally because I don't want to get out there and the clickbait guy. He says, "Don't go to school." It's very good for educating people and how to speak, write certain skills. And if you are going to go into certain fields, like be a lawyer, or that you need those. You, 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 you need to study need, case studies. Need, yeah. it, it, it depends what lifestyle yeah, you're trying to there design. You go, yeah, yeah. You, but everyone who's listening to this and got this got this point, it's like you can design your lifestyle yeah. and reverse engineer the outcome that you want. But you've got to be you've got to be absolute in the outcome that you want. And you knew from day one, day dot, that you didn't want to be an employee yeah, yeah, of someone yeah, for else. Sure. At the same time, but unfortunately, schools don't give you that. They don't build your confidence. They don't let kids have dreams. They don't let you feel like you can put your passion. So I think to all those who listening who haven't achieved in school, don't feel like they've got qualifications. It doesn't mean anything. I've seen guys make money like people with all the degrees and PhDs in the world compared to, and that's just from guys who are not educated, can't, if you wrote, if they wrote an email, you think they're dyslexic maybe. I'm telling you, they can't, gramma- grammatically not right, correct, Ooh. but they are smart, sharp, D- go, go say it, I mean, do us, as I say. Making money and business are, are a totally, totally, di- yeah. totally different game to education. Yeah. And, Education in terms of getting a certificate is not is not a prerequisite of you earning X amount of no, money it's either. Not at all. So it's like so so it's it's people people most people in this society go to uni because they don't know what else to do or they they think ah oh, you know whilst they're thinking yeah yeah whilst they're thinking well that's actually taking you away from your actual true intuition mm. when you go to uni and and use that as, as a time for this. So when you you know, people people get these think get these things. So, that, so some people use alcohol to get away from themselves. Some people use sex. Some people use drugs, and some Papers, some yeah. people use uni, right? But whatever you use, that you're not using that time to get quiet with yourself, so you actually know what what you're about. Yeah. I think. Look, I totally agree as well. But at the same time, I also think uh, there's a specific person who's right for uni, and uni's going to help a lot. There are those people where uh, whether it's uh, Going to law, medicine, they uni is a need and must, and they need to do that. There's others; it's not like you said for their parents keeping someone happy. They're confused. They're hitting eighteen, nineteen. What do I do? I can't get a job. Right, let me go uni for a few years, have fun, <coughs> run around in the dorms, whatever it's called, yeah. and uh, enjoy. But like you said, being a Muslim, everything is set by God. So don't stress in life. I tell that to everyone. Believe in religion or not, I believe, and I know it's the truth. So I'm going to give my free advice. Just do what you feel your passion's for. As long as it's legal and you've got a passion for it and you truly believe in what you're doing and having, you'll get there. I honestly believe with hard work you'll get there. At the same time, my if I could give advice to anyone, it's network. Network is the key. Networking and just meeting people and asking questions and annoying them. For example, like you'd see a Joe Rogan if you knew he was around. You'd be a pestering. How did you do this? How did you do that? What was this? If he says get lost, you go to a... I don't know, uh, Alex Friedman or uh, Alex Jones, whoever, who is the leading podcasters of the last 10 years. You speak to them, how do I do this? What do I do? Watch them. I saw this mic like I'm watching yours now. I was watching your mic. Sure, there. I saw that mixer. That looks good. He's got three cameras set up, all in a little suitcase. Good idea. I might do that. You're picking up. Every time I'm like doing a podcast and meeting someone, I'm also learning from your system how you do your setup. So yeah. whilst I'm giving you content, doing my thing, I'm still learning. I'm looking at the whole setup, thinking to my staff, right, you know what? His was more simpler than we did last time. He's got these two lights. This, everything's portable. Rather than getting what we had last time, it took about six hours to set up. So I'm learning. So that's kind of networking in a different way. So networking is your net worth. Meet people, talk to them, whoever the best in their goal, try and meet them. If not, 
lower tiers, ask questions. Don't, that's the only way. Don't have an ego because if you have an ego, you're not going to get anywhere. I ask questions, failed millions of times, made mistakes, but then I'll meet someone in marketing or I'll meet someone in a social media advertising or I'll meet someone in management and I'll say in events, oh, I did this, this didn't work. What do you think? Have a look at this. He'll be like, you know what? I saw this event. What you did wrong was the layout was bad or the lighting was bad or the advertising campaign wasn't effective. Every day to this day, I'm still learning. Like, my yeah. job's quite successful. Always be a white belt. Always. Like, I used to hate TikTok. TikTok, people were saying, get on TikTok. I was like, what? Men dancing, doing this. It's, it's, it's pansy, you know? Like, I'm not going to say other words <laughs> like my, in my uh, uh, lyrics. But it's pansy. It's, what is this? Guys dancing. As if I'm going to do that. I look stupid. So I went, I was looking when we relaunched the gym. Google ads and things and I've done loads of Facebook ads Instagram ads Google ads and honestly I didn't see results I mean every gym in the region does I'm thinking why does someone choose mine over this so I see this guy propping up on all my social media some TikTok guy and I'm like oh, let me go see him so I called him I messaged him I said I want to meet you about advertising he goes come to my uh, office so I went and sat there I said look go to gym I just want to get it more members what's the best way like what's the latest trend he goes TikTok I said no no I'm not into TikTok look Ads, I'll spend this much. You tell me, I want it everywhere. Yeah. He goes, listen, forget all that TikTok. I said, are you sure? He goes, listen, TikTok's not what you think. Guys dancing, doing dance challenges. It's, he told me Costa Coffee, Balenciaga, I know, uh, 10 or 12 big brands here are all on TikTok and nothing else. I said, really? He goes, just trust me. Let's do a few weeks and watch. This is about two, two months ago, three months ago. I said, okay. He goes, I'll do everything. You just give me an hour of your time every three weeks. And I'm going to do loads of videos. Doing videos, this and that. And he's uh, just doing these mad videos, making me shout, putting text. I swear, just from this alone, uh, at least 20, 30% of sales went up. TikTok, to the point where all our, all my social advertising, everything's with TikTok now. Yeah. But that's, where, that's, where, that's where I saw you, it was TikTok. Yeah, and I've then, got a profile. I, can't even, I don't even log into it. It's not, he's doing it. And literally from TikTok... I'm nothing. I'm just like a local guy, ex-fighter who's got a family, does business, who's on social media. I'm getting kids asked for pictures. I'm like, uh, what? Saw you on TikTok, you have Tate. Saw you have Tate. Saw you have Kamza. Saw you have this guy. Oh, can I? You're on TikTok. I love your stuff. Tam. I'm like, uh? I was in Doha the other day. I swear to you for the in-game. About 10, 12 people from Britain were asking pictures for me. At one point in the mall, then everyone came through. I was embarrassed. because I thought, I look like a dog, I, like taking pictures. Like, who am I? But it's from TikTok. And the gym's gone booming. And all because I trust in this guy, and I went out to, my point is I went out to ask questions, network, what's latest, what's going on, and if I was stubborn, or a bit arrogant in a way where, no, TikTok's it's dweeby, it's nerdy, I'm going to stick to the old pay sponsored posts, I want, it wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. Yeah. So that's my point, was I, because of networking, asking questions, always learning, that's, it's a small like example, but it just shows that that's what can achieve, so, my point is to anyone out there, if you want to be a YouTuber or a podcaster, go and meet who's a local YouTuber, who's the biggest in your region, who you've got ways to kind of like speak to them. That's what I would do. So if you're in the UK, for example, go and meet Christian Hamby. Message him or find where he is or a case like they're quite a big, but one of the side men or a smaller level guy and ask them, message them what they do or watch them and monitor how they do it, what's funny, what's not. And that's the way you're learning. Take skills from everyone and you'll honestly, you'll succeed. 99% of the time, in my opinion. And that's literally like, you've just gone through there of how you've had to reinvent yourself from when you got out of MMA. Yeah, always have to. 
But what, what at what point did you know that MMA was over for you? I think because, honestly, bro, I was not even... We had one coach, we wouldn't even train hard. We were just like three times a week. We were just tough guys. Like, oh, in the martial arts, you can't disrespect MMA like that. It's an art. The highest level now. But in those days, it was just like, if you're tough, let's go fight. And you get found out if you're not training. Like, I literally, yeah, I've trained. I wasn't training. I just turn up. I've had some fights I've lost. I literally didn't train. I've got my friend holding pads. He can't even hold pads. His hands are there. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm hitting a right, left there. I'm like, bro, the head's there. I had guys, I didn't have coaches. When I first moved here, a lot of my fights, I'm building MMA in the region. So there's no MMA gyms. I'm coaching myself, having students on my whole pads and wrestle with me. So I was always, I always had the skill and talent, but I just have the training. And the hardest working room will always be the most talented if he works hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You learn that in martial arts. You learn it very quickly. But I was always like doing it for passion, weren't for money. And then I thought my goal was I'd love to have a gym or this or that or be a commentator or something, make a martial arts brand like in those days, tap out. I was always thinking something around those lines. And uh, gym was the obvious, obvious one when I came to Dubai. And I honestly saw Dubai as, which it is the most booming place on the earth, money's there, lifestyle. I thought, if you do a gym here and make it popular, you can do well from it, live on it. And uh, a lot of my friends in the UK get a gym. Like We have made gyms. Everyone's doing it. It's part-time. So you, you have a gym. So you came out in what year? 2008. I came out of the recession when boom, the crisis hit. Cause it, yeah, because like all the property here was falling through the I floor. I came and literally, it's like I was a bad omen. It was like, boom, financial crisis. I'm like, okay, but UK's dead. I might as well just stay here. First few months, I'm running around trying to say this mixed martial arts, fly. It was those days where you put posters in shop windows, uh, Facebook posts and ads, going to local gyms and uh, just trying to get people. Had a friend here I met. He was my student, and we were just trying to reach people out, do the old one-to-one session. It was growing, but very slow, just ticking over enough money to survive. And then a journalist hit me up, an English guy. There was a, ma- a newspaper called uh, Seven Days. It's like the Metro in the UK. Everyone reads it. It's everywhere. It's free. Hotels, malls, coffee shops. Because I've heard you bring in MMA. I want to do a little piece on it. It's something different. I guess the news was boring then. He thought, let me just use this guy. Came and did I call called it Cage Fighting. The picture on the front of the newspaper is me. Having him in a hole, he's pulling a funny face like that. And it, it was just clickbait. And um front page. Next and it had my mobile phone number on in the in the ad. Honestly, next day my phone's ringing off the hook that boom. 30, 40, 50 students come in every class the day after the um ad. It's a point where it was loads of classes were booming. The noise got out, influencers, the local celebrity, it just boom. It's a point where I just knew it was time to make my own facility, and uh, my name was there. Found some investors, and bang. Never looked back. 2010, I opened the first gym. It was called Contender MMA. It was the first ever in the whole Middle East. Not over here, the Middle East, MENA region, especially GCC. Mixed martial arts academy with a cage, MMA coaches, a conditioning area. It was the first ever like that. How did you go about structuring the investment in those days? Uh, I had students. So the good thing about here, when you're in sport or anywhere, like or what you're doing, you meet people of different backgrounds. And I had students who I didn't realise were like wealthy and I'm sitting there training them and they were like, yeah, you know, if you ever want to do a gym, I'd love to get involved. And I'm like, yeah, cool, cool. Not listening, thinking, like, involve what? Would you want to be a receptionist? I didn't get it. From Canvey, fresh off the boat of Canvey Island, I'm like, I don't get what he means. I wasn't a business savvy guy like that. I honestly wasn't. I was a street hustler, like, yeah, but I wasn't understanding the whole point of investment, equity, share. I didn't, I didn't know what they meant. Then there's two or three of them come up to me and go, look, we're all this, we love your classes, we're your students. Let's do something. We'd love to do it with you. 
And I'm like, yeah, I want to build this brand called Contender. My sister gave me the idea of the name. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. It's the Marlon Brando quote from the movie. And I said, yeah, I had a logo. And I said, you know, I want to make the fight team like this. They go, why don't we make a gym? And I'm like, yeah, but of course this little wheel. They go, look, we'll bring the money. Let's just have shares. We'll all equally have. I'm like, yeah, you sure? He goes, yeah. Okay, made contracts. We went and found places. Next minute, this. They brought something to say. One brought business plan. Another one was from another family. He brought expertise in marketing. Another one brought a financial background. So, like I said, networking again without knowing it. They all had their own skills. And I was the... And they were here to love your brand yeah, already. they love the brand. And they're my students. And I'm the guy who's behind the management and the brand itself and the martial arts side and the actual service. And boom, it came together. We opened it. Had Vandalay Silva do the opening. Had Jean-Claude Van Damme come to the gym. It was successful. And yeah, and from there, that went boom, skyrocketed. I started the first ever ever uh, Dubai MMA promotion called Dubai FC, Dubai Fight Championship, where I gave a like a stage for people to learn the martial arts. The next step was to produce talent here. Gyms will only do well if you have shows and give them events like UK wise boxing famous because you got Eddie Hearn Matchroom, you've got Queensbury with Frank Warren. So people aim to get on that show. To do that, you've got to go gyms. To do that, you've got to get experience. Keep paying the gym. Keep paying the gym. So. In order to get your gym successful, you need to have a an event where people can aspire to go to. Like in yeah, football. yeah, yeah. If you want to play for a club, pay for your training. Remember football to get in the team. Have you played your dues? Have you paid your monthlies? Same as gyms and martial arts. So made that show that became a huge success. And to that day, it was just booming. I thought, you know what? It's time to make my own brand because something which will be with me forever. Whatever happens, live or fa- success or fail or whatever, it's my own brand. I can franchise it one day make my own clothing, brand like I do. I wear it everywhere. Everyone will see me on this podcast and think, see that guy, everywhere he's wearing this. Look, I've got about a 1,000, all right? I'm not stinking. But uh, yeah, so I thought I'm going to make my own brand which sticks to me forever, which I can't get screwed off because I've been screwed a few times in business too. I've had my ups and downs. What were some of the biggest things that got, you got screwed on? Like partnerships. I have people I partner up in the martial arts. I do all the work and the egos will get involved and they try to screw me, steal the business under my palms and like literally take the business off me because here in the old days in Dubai you'd have to have a local sponsor to open a yeah, business yeah, so they'd be like yeah I'll be silent I won't get involved but they see the lies they see magazine articles not that I care for that they wanted to get it and then arguments come out I think this I'm like no that doesn't work please trust me egos and I've had times where I've had my whole business stolen off me illegally I couldn't do anything about it start from scratch so how overnight. many times have you lost your business here Three. No, two, two, sorry. The first one we just folded with a friend because the landlord wouldn't let us... Free. The landlord kicked us out of the building because we made too much noise with the classes and we were above a bank. And he's like, look, the bank pay me 1.2 million rent a year. You'll pay me 200,000. It's not... And I was like, I understood. So two gyms after that, we I found partners and uh, because they were huge gyms, I needed a big investment. And both of them were like literally stolen off me. So Taken how, how, overnight, I, had, I literally went off with nothing. But... Uh, so how do you pick yourself back up from that yeah you've just got to be positive and uh, you've got to just go around readjust reassess yourself and I sat there made a plan on paper on my phone on notes and I'm sitting there going right this can't happen again these were two gyms two different brands I built with partners different names I thought right from now on I'm not going to let that happen first thing is my own brand my own name that way it can't be stolen so I I went with that the TK brand my own name boom that's the first step. Second step, I need to find a location now, and I'm going to raise it in a way where it's not equity, 
small investment or loans or things like that or a way where I work around something. So you reassess, you speak to people, and it came to a point where I was blessed to find this space, uh, my own brand. The good thing is when I lost the second one and stole it, I had, by that time, I built a huge following here and a lot of following from a lot of customers, and they all knew. And with me, I'm, I'm very, what you see is what you get with everyone. Like, to every member I know on a first-name basis, I chat to no egos. If someone comes to my gym and can't afford a membership, oh, I love it, it's how I lost my job, or... Can I pay next month? I've literally got about 20, 30 people here right now owing me for when they can make money. It's been about a year or two. But I'm like that. No other gym would do that. If you go to a gym and you've got that access card, sorry, sorry, come back later. You know, like a fitness first or a goals gym. With it's me, it's not. That's why I think the people like it. It's the people's gym. So that following, I put my logo, I made an Instagram account for it, and I said, come in soon, doing little teasers, posts, showing merchandise. And it had a mat before the opening. Instagram went booming to a point where I found a space, raised money, did it all, and then I set a date. And by the open, I swear, within a month, 500. Within three weeks, 500 members, which is mad. 500, and it's just got to a point where it's thousands, and it's become an international brand in its own. You know, like the gym itself, the gym part, Los Angeles, I get celebrities messaging us. I get world champions, fighters, and MMA, boxing, Because uh, you've had in here today, you've had some people... Yeah, I've got Hamzat Chimaev just left, a uh, future UFC champion. We had... Uh, Vitaly. Yeah, we've had the YouTuber Vitaly. We had Deji training here a, lot, a few weeks ago. We've had uh, Badu Jack training here not a few days ago. We've got Mahmoud Shah, heavyweight boxer, doing his camp here for a fight against Lucas Brown on Saturday. Yeah. He was supposed to fight Fury. Is Deji actually training these days? Deji. My mate used to train Deji, and I'm telling you now, I sparred Deji, and Deji don't like training, bro. <laughs> like, no, he's got, a, he's got a new coach. And he was training, he, he fought Mayweather, so he came out and trained one day. He had some of his uh, uh, camp. And honestly, he's with a coach who's good, good at what he's doing. He's got, like, some pros with him. So yeah. I think it's about finding yourself. No, he's got a right team. So now I think he's training. He looks in shape. I don't know his past, you know, but a lot of the YouTubers come here. A lot of the uh, pros, we've had John Cena's. And um, Steven Seagal was here a few weeks ago. It's just mad, bro. In his first fight, he was trained by a, a pro that I know called Tommy Martin. Who's out of Vic's gym in Peterborough? Okay, and he's, tra- he's training there. Yeah. But but there was a lot of there was a lot of the team blamed behind that. But to be honest, he wasn't training hard. You know how yeah. you know you know how when, you know how you said when you was turning up to yeah, fights yeah, about yeah, training, yeah, yeah. he did the same. And he, yeah, and, and I, I know he took it. I know he's take. I know he took Floyd Mayweather seriously. Obviously, it's a walk round, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. but I know he's take that kind of fight seriously. But in his early days, he wasn't. No, you're right. It's like. Martial arts and boxing. Boxing is like probably the toughest sport in the world. Combat. So unless you give it 120%, and not only that, these guys are YouTubers or influencers. They're starting from scratch, but they're already at an age where it's hard to mold them. They've got egos, they're successful in what they do. So I find, I bet these coaches struggle at the first. It's hard for these coaches to like say, listen, put your phone down, take your sunglasses off. You're not a star. This is a gym. In gyms, there's no celebrities. Yeah, you know, none yeah, of you yeah. are Mayweather or Conor McGregor. Calm down. And then these coaches have to see what they're good at, what they're not. Coaches are a hard game too. They've got to assess what's the strengths, weaknesses, come to a plan. It takes a few weeks to work out what they're good at and what they're not good at, what they like, what they don't like, and work with them in a way where you don't push them away, where they don't start avoiding calls and not coming to train. So that in itself is a task and it's a goal, but you need experienced guys like he's got now. And uh, from what I saw, not the Mayweather fight, the one before, he fought... A, uh, an Arab YouTuber and he beat him up in London 
he looked good. So, like, I was shocked for a YouTuber. He looked very good, sharp. And uh, I was impressed. So I said to my friend, I said, look, you can tell he's boxing because he was one of the best guys on that card. So it's like anything, hard work. And I think once you feel that first win, I think he had, they get that drug. It's, a, it's an a adrenaline fix. So they start training harder. When YouTube boxing first came into, into fruition, I was like, because I'm very tra- traditional about boxing, I'm like, I don't really like this. You know, it's not, it's not really yeah. good for the sport. But... Then I started to understand now that it's bringing more eyeballs onto boxing, and, and the way that boxing is lost against UFC over the last few years, yeah. it's good. It's good to have these kind of the Jake Pauls of the world yeah, that kind of bring people in. I think it's great. I understand you too. Some of it is just trash, and some of it's annoying. But with like KSI, this Misfits thing, you've got the Showtime project they're doing with uh, Jake Paul. When you've got real promotions and real work like the Zone and Cal Solon behind it, then it helps it a lot. Some of the other shows are like really trashy, and some of the fighters are trash. But you've got six or seven guys out there who actually you can tell they're taking it serious, they're putting effort in. There's some good fights, like uh, I saw a fight a week ago or two on a Misfits card, it was very good. Actually, Will Eden and his opponent, I'm not sure his name is, but that uh, Willie Chugs, he started his uh, first fight with us on YouTube, uh, on a YouTube show. So, um, yeah. It brings a lot of spotlight, like you said, because MMA's taken over. Why? Because MMA brings the whole WWE factor, the promos. That It's important now because it's entertainment. It's not just sport. You need to entertain the crowd. You need to bring the kids, the wives, the girlfriends, and you can't just have that. If you've got two tough guys from Russia who are really skilled in boxing, beating each other up, no promo, yeah. no hype, no one cares. No one cares. It's, it's a show. People want to enjoy it. DJs, music, entertainment, celebrities. That's what they come for. And so how long have you been doing shows out here for now? been doing promotions of events from MMA to boxing since 2012. So, 10 years. 10 years. And I've done, yeah, I've done MMA promotions, boxing shows, amateur, professional, YouTube. I'm the first guy to do YouTube um, boxing events in the Middle East, uh, from Money Kicks to Adam Saleh, Slim, the guy who's like dominating there. He's all, we built his. CV up here with two big fights and uh, on a big stage we had the Coca-Cola Arena the first ever combat event ever in the Coca-Cola Arena in the Middle East was for me a social knockout show which I owned we had YouTube fights we had a few pros at the beginning to make the crowd look decent fights we had music rap stars come like the baby and A Boogie so gigs in the UK so you'd have fights you'd have rap performances you'd have VIP tables, food, drink. It's like a whole entertainment show. But what the, what the, what I've done that you that I love that you've done is the fact of like you've created intellectual property around the show and you own all the intellectual property. Yeah, yeah. You create the the events which which obviously then you put your brand your other brand and your gym branding all over and it blows it up and it allows you to exposure. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously you're attracting all these celebrities as well. It's just it's just it's just yeah. a real nice. Um, like fly, yeah. flywheel ecosystem of how you attract people to your event and how you build something like that. Yeah, so like you're right. So in the ring, you'll see on the gloves, TK here, TK there, branches of the other events. Oh, I loved your show. Now, in the end, my gym always wins because people want to meet YouTubers, they come here. They want to be in the show, they come here. It's free branding. It's international, using all their yeah. channels. You've created a place where people can get proximity to people they couldn't previously get proximity 100%. to. Like I had Andrew Tate, his old friend, he was working out, did a public workout here. It was chock-a-block, bro. Like, thousands coming. They broke one of the lifts going down, trying to jump. It's, I've never seen things like how did, how did you and Tate become friends? We were both fighting the same shows. We've known each other for years. 
And uh, it's like the martial arts thing. Like, for example, I'm moving here. And uh, so UK fighters will go, oh, I'm going to Dubai on holiday. And he'll be like, oh, someone will say, reach out to Tam, he's over there. Remember Tam from UWC5? Yeah. You know, it's like that. It's a, it's like in boxing or in football or in a podcast, you've got that kind of, like, network. But we'd always touch base on socials and that and follow each other. You know, like all the old fighters, the Maguires, Luke Barnett, they were from that region. And we were from Essex and... Uh, We'll all speak here and there. And a few years ago, he's like, I'm coming over. When he come into, well, let's catch up for dinner and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm here. Let's come to my gym. Like that, chit-chat. How's things going? All right, good. Just when he's here or I'm there. If I'm like, for example, if I go America now, I'll reach out to Jimmy Manor. It's a friend. I'm Jimmy. I'm in LA. Let's reach out. Let's touch base. Or it's like that wherever you go. Like if I go to Germany, I've got friends. Everywhere in the world, I can, alhamdulillah, through this network, I can message someone. I'll know someone everywhere in the world from martial arts. And they'll welcome you in and let's meet up, let's go here for dinner. And then um, in the last year, we come more close with chatting because I saw his stuff getting content, so I'd laugh. I'd send him a thing on social. i be like, what is this? I crack up. His content was making me laugh. I'm like, yeah. I never knew him like that, you know? And I was like, he is hilarious. Some of the stuff he's saying, it was going viral. And I see some girls posting on my face, oh, this guy's this, that. And I'm like, hey, that's Andrew Tate. He's an old friend of mine. What? And I met him. I just saw this and he's laughing. Then we started talking more and then we were chatting a lot. And then at that time, we got banned. Like, shit. Wow, lost contact. But then we had each other's numbers from WhatsApp. I said, hey, what's happened to you? Like, he goes, this and that. I said, you know what? Let's do a show in Dubai. A talk show, like a stand-up show, like an evening with Andrew Tate. And speak about everything, you know? Like, we won't ban you here. And I go, I'll push it for you. And he goes, yeah, it's maybe a good idea. I've got this 41 tenants in a system which I like to push. And I live by and I want to spread to the younger generation. From there, we touched base. I, I planned it all. Got cancelled from... Actually, didn't get cancelled. Government love him here. But it's a few Karens who hated it. And it was just fresh off his banning. And I th- myself thought, you know what? I'd rather not Dubai get a stick for this. Thinking, misogynist in a misogynist country, of course they're going to promote him. So I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's too early. Let's delay it. So come over here anyway. Let's do a tour. Let's meet people, events. And I swear to you, ever since then, he's moved here been op- welcomed with open arms with government entities shakes rulers private businesses and it's just been amazing uh, having him here we hang out a lot we chill go to events and uh, we'll do that event probably in New Year but I think a lot of the content that he creates is, is more standout than it is his actual true self on the other side of things you know what I'm saying he's more he's more chilled in real life isn't yeah, he? No, he's a very good guy he's very 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 honestly loving respectful guy but sometimes it's not that it's, it's not like Here's what you see on TV, but the delivery's got to be different. For you to get clickbait, like, for example, we might yeah. get a token from it. It'll be, say, Andrew Tate, or it'll say racism in London or hashtag whatever. You have to get the message across. Sometimes you've got to be like that. If he was like, my name's Andrew Tate, and uh, I, I think men should get uh, get confident and, like, fight and work out, and, uh, yeah, bye. He would have hit yeah, two yeah, 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 yeah. It's because he has those sunglasses. Like, yeah, this, this, this. She's wrong. She's a hoe. Only fans are scum. Be a housewife, that. And everyone's like, yeah. And he, he, he's all he's, autocratic. He's powerful. Yeah, he's he's speaking the unspoken voice. He is. In and society. I'm telling you, we, I did a podcast with him. I hang on to all the time. We, I mean, we were watching the England game the other day. We get on like, we're very close. But when those sunglasses come on, yeah, I sat there. I was like, whoa, taken back. He's so... He gets into character. He's so well trained on the mic. I swear to you, it's like I couldn't explain it. I was like, "Damn!" I was like looking at James Smith in the Mo vlogs. I'm like, "All right, <clears throat> yeah." So, uh, 
what you do live from? What you do for a living, Andrew? I was like, it was intimidating. He's that good, and I'm like, because I'm new. Like you're experiencing it. I'm still new to the podcast game. I'm learning. I enjoy it. I don't do it for money. I like to chat to people. I want to do yeah, topics yeah. which some can't like. I don't do it for money yet yeah. either, bro. I want to do me. it for about religion <laughs> and stuff, like things yeah, I can yeah, chat yeah, about. Yeah. I want to debate with you. I like it's things I find interesting. He was just boom. So I learned a lot from that day. I was like, how he spoke, how he knows where he's looking at each camera at the time, how he speaks, and some like everything's so precise. He knows when to speak, when not to speak. He's he's so well trained, man. It's, he's he's got the art to a T. And when you see things like Piers Brosnan and all these podcasts, you realize how good he is. Piers Brosnan's a, he's a shark. Piers, Piers Morgan, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. Piers Brosnan. Like, <laughs> I was thinking he's not interviewed by <laughs> James. Like, what's he waffling? Piers Morgan. <laughs> I'm like, Piers I, was, I, I swear James Bond wasn't interviewing yeah, him. Yeah, punch like, trunk, yeah? yeah? Piers Morgan. And he, you can tell Piers Morgan's a shark and he's good at what he does. Piers yeah. Morgan grills people. I think Tate won that debate, came back, he looks solid. and uh, Yeah, so I learned of him and um, yeah, he's a good friend. We've got a few projects coming up and he's a few, a few businesses he's going to set up here and... Uh, Top guy, honestly, he gets a lot of fl- uh, stick and flack online and bullshit. But I, th- I think, I think actually, the 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 tide is turning on him. I think, I think even more women are starting to look yeah, deeper into his look, content and see, and seeing and seeing the fact of like a lot of this misogyny was probably probably misclaimed on a lot a lot of things. There was a lot of a lot of stuff that was taken out of context, slapped together unfairly. But a lot of the content that he's creating, he's actually just saying no women should be cherished and like they should be looked after. Yeah, listen. The guy, anyone who hates him, hasn't either watched what he says or hasn't bothered or has just got a dislike and just wants to be a Karen or jump on the bandwagon. Because if you really, truly listen to what he's saying, all right, yes, some of the delivery is a bit off, but everyone is like that. I'll sit here now and maybe describe something. I thought I've said something well, but I've looked back and think, oh, that didn't make sense. It's, it's normal, it's delivery. Sometimes it's context. It's just it's all it's, it's context. It's context, but he's not really done anything bad. Look... In his younger days, he said a few things. He says, look, you're editing clips from my last 10, 12 years. Bro, if you looked at some of my old socials or had a recording of what I've said ten, two years ago, you'd be like, what? You know, it's everyone. You're human beings. It's, that's part of life. But the gist of what he's doing is very good. The gist of giving confidence to these young introverted kids, confidence how to earn money, saying to women, you're empowered. You don't have to show your ass cheeks on an app and think that's cool or... Yeah. Uh, live that lifestyle and think, oh, why me or this or that or why haven't I settled down? Because obviously, like, no offense if you're going to do that, but going around shaking your booty all day and being promiscuous or showing your whole body to someone else, it's not going to have a guy go, you know what, I want to wife you. Like, if you want to do that, each their own, but he's traditional like myself. That's how I relate. And we're all about what is wrong with the generation we're from where our mothers were around or a woman wants to be a housewife, why not? Why can't she be a mother? What is wrong with being that? It doesn't mean a guy saying you stay in the home and cook. No, she's chosen that path. She wants to look after and raise kids. That's the harder job than anything in the world. A mother, I'm telling you, I've got two daughters, three and a half. One hour babysitting them, bro, I'm going to kill myself. Ah, I'm like, here's a TV, here's some chocolate, go. 24-7, brushing their teeth, potty training them, teaching how to speak, eat, how to have morals, values, cook, clean, take them to school, bring them back, take them to gymnastics, at the same time not losing your cool because they're picking up everything you say, how to behave, how to network, how to socialise. Bro, that's all they ever do. They jump in your bed at night because they're having a nightmare. Bro, it's the hardest thing on the world. And maybe, and women are more than born to do that. It's a gift God's given them 
to have that patience to do that. Men can't handle it. You try and do <laughs> it. Have my daughters for four hours. Yeah, I swear to you, you'll have my your eyebrow. Your eyebrow hair will go. My, <laughs> yeah, mate. Honestly, I had my niece and nephew. I took them to this drastic event in, in yeah, England yeah, yeah. in the summer. <laughs> I, like, was, oh. I was with them for two and a half hours, yeah. and I was, and I was I wasn't um, I wasn't fucked like physically, but mentally I was fatigued, fatigued, fatigued yeah. in my mind. So my point is like. It's hard, yeah? And he's saying, look, these women are now saying, oh, uh, this new feminism group, woke movement, men are this scum, women should go out and do this, don't settle down. And he's like, no, what is... Through thousands of years, we've come this far because of this. Why are you trying to change the route? Yes, equality in women, he agrees, I agree. Women should earn as much. If you want to work, do what you want. Achieve, if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a lawyer, you want to be... Whatever you want to do, you can do. But don't diss the women who want to be traditional, who want to be housewives, who want to be mothers, who want to have families, who be- who believe, and I believe, the man's role is to provide, provide. the yeah. woman's role is to university to run the show. That's that's what that, we believe. And you can't, if we believe that, what's your issue? And I believe, and it's successful through time shown, it works. Uh, uh, mate, I, I, I hear what, exactly what you're saying because like, obviously I was, Brought up in a family where my mom and dad have been married like forty four years, like he he th- th- there's roles. Do you know what I mean? Like she she she's like she had a little part time job and looked after the house and looked after me and my sister and yeah. did all that stuff. And he went out to work and had the business and provided the money and facilitated the growth of the family and made sure that they didn't have just a family home. He went and bought investment properties 100%. and all this kind of stuff because he wanted to make sure that. And then and as soon as they had enough investment properties. She, she didn't have to work anymore and all this kind of stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's how, that's well, how, that's that's how, how it works. Went. And the thing is like... Um, there's nothing wrong with that. They're trying to kill off this kind of alpha male or this toxic masculinity they kind of use. They're trying to kill off the dominant male. And when I mean dominant, I don't mean, yeah, you do this. No, just the man, the leader of the home or... A man who steps up to his responsibilities. Yeah, the leader of the family, the protector. It doesn't mean the abuser, no. I mean the protector, whereas... Like you said, look, we're equal, equal rights. This type, yeah, everyone's equal, but there's roles. Like you said, there's, there's, the man has a role, the woman has a role. We have strengths in different ways. Our body makeup's made in different ways. Men are there to protect the woman, look after them, look after the children, run out and work, provide like an animal in the kingdom, bring the food and make sure the whole, like cubs or and, and, whole things and, are and eating. The woman, the woman facilitates holding all that together. Yeah, and she's the university, but the education. She keeps the warmth. She supports the man, but. The way things are, and he's just speaking the truth and like pushing these agendas and saying this is wrong and that. It's a point where you're not going to get the f- happy family anymore. They they want to, and what he's identifying is right. They want to push that to the shelves and go, be promiscuous, be that. Men should be this. Men should be soft. Men shouldn't say that. It should be called fire, fireman, policeman. It should be called police person. Like, the, 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 like there's a big movement going on at the moment, and obviously. Because I remove I remove content from the internet. That my business is contentremoval dot com, right? So I see and I've looked after many celebrities and brands and all that stuff. And I, I know on I know the narrative on the internet is is pushed at the moment to to two females as if going out to work and and running businesses and all this stuff is you should be doing that. You should be an entrepreneur. You should be this. You should be that. It's pushed. But it's pushed because it takes them away from being a mother. It takes them away from yeah, from, yeah, yeah. from from their from their actual instincts. In a lot of cases, they're, they're taught that empowerment is is by showing more of their body. But that's not actually empowerment. It's disempowerment. But it's right. put. But it's pushed and it's facilitated on them like that. I swear. And it's like you know, 
for me, especially, we're, I'm a Muslim and I come, I live in a Muslim country and I, tr- I live by, I try my best to live by the, the boundaries of Islam. But it's the point where they say, and especially to the Muslim, when we're oppressing women, they're oppressed, they're covered. You tell me, where is the book of what is right, what's wrong? Like, who, who, who justifies or who's got the right to say, you're wrong, I'm right? We're in London, we're in the US, we say, this is right, you're backward. I mean, where's the measurement from this come? You know, that's what I want to say. Um, yeah, this is our podcast like that. It's a podcast room in the gym. My point is, like, this Qatar woke up. This is big in the news now, and it's really frustrating me how the West and the media are trying to portray Qatar as this backward, medieval Muslim country. Oh, they're banned rainbow flags. Uh, you can't have alcohol in stadiums. The women there are they're grabbed and they're putting these black things to cover their It's not like that. Like, women, by choice, cover their heads. They see that as empowerment. They see that as... It, 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 it. No one can judge what a woman in Qatar does unless they've, li- unless they've walked, a, walked a day in a woman in exactly. Qatar's life. Because a lot of the women in Qatar, the way they're brought up, it's, 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 it's their, res- their respect for themselves that make them want to probably cover up themselves yeah, because, it, because it's their religion, isn't it? Yeah, so I'm not saying to women you should cover up. I'm not saying that. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying who's right and who's wrong. If you want to wear what you want to wear, that's your choice. No problem. But don't go on someone because she wants to cover up. She feels that's her... Or she feels she feels comfortable being modest or covered by choice. You cannot say she is being uh, kind of like oppressed or oh she's backward. No, who's right? That's my point. Where's this kind of measuring ruler where yeah. that's right and that's wrong? Everyone's got their choice. That's my point. They try to push this agenda. Like with the World Cup, you saw a lot of this bias and racism come out and Islamophobia. And I really, for the first time, saw it where they're like. No alcohol in stadiums. Okay, but it's their country. It's up to them. You've got. Al- I was in Qatar. There's alcohol everywhere. Fan zones free. People are getting drunk, pissed up, having their fun. Just at the stadiums, like France at the time did, and France as well. People forget in the Euros, no alcohol in the stadiums. Let me tell you what happened. The result. I'm sitting in the England game against Wales, right? With the English fans having fun. There's a few thousand Welsh right there. If that was a normal stadium, yeah. Believe me, with alcohol and cocaine and drugs, there'd be riots and violence. Everyone's having banter, laughing. I'm going, oh, look at your flag. And which throwing jokes at each other. Everyone's getting on. There's kids, there's mums, there's babies. Wells lost. England got, we're all walking out of the stadium together. Everyone's having pictures, chatting, eating food. There was like a lot of, a big like street there and fans. Everyone's having kebabs after McDonald's, enjoying the festivities, dancing together. You never see that, especially... Yeah. A rivalry like in UK, like England and Wales, or Brazil Argentina might be next, or whatever. Like for example, a South American team derby. I was like, wow, the West. Why are they write about this? Or there's alcohol there, or people were dressing as they want. They said rainbow flags for a reason. It's banned in the country, like to be pushing that agenda. It doesn't mean you can't be gay. It's not like that. There's loads of homosexuals probably there. They said no public PDA, public displays of affection. So even if you're with a girlfriend and you're like smooching in public, that'd be illegal. They say stop it. That's what they mean. So the media's like, oh, you'll get killed. You're not. Like, but they but they latch on and find an, another narrative. They they put the rainbow flag with the with the yeah, public yeah, yeah, display yeah. and they make and they make two oh, plus two like makes this, seven. Look, the same way they've got the rules. It's like Muslims going to UK with a Muslim flag and loads of Qurans and saying you should all wear that Arabic the 
Islamic uh, Shahada on your armbands, and we want this flag here everywhere risen. We wouldn't even say it. Why? Because this, you've got your own religion, your own ways of life. Say why well, you shouldn't do that. It's the same equivalent of them doing that. Yeah, you wouldn't do it. It's like UK's got their rules, respect the laws of land, and do, don't do that. Same way as the Arab world, Africa, South America, uh, East Europe, China. So that's what annoyed me, and I was like, it's ridiculous. Like they even stopped the ceremony in Qatar. Honestly, what they've done the World Cup for me is probably the greatest World Cup I've ever seen because of the upsets, because of the organisation, because of the hospitality. I was there. I can say, not from a media perspective, I'm a Westerner, but a Muslim. So I see the best of both worlds. The, the first time, obviously, I'm in, I was in a fan zone in Dubai, just down there, I went with my Unreal. mate James. And it, it's like, unreal environment, and everyone was, obviously, fun, yeah. there was drinking, and obviously yeah. that, the, I don't drink myself, yeah. I never have, but like, there was a lot of people there drinking, this and the other, but no trouble, no fights, no, no, because over here, you know, there, there, there's a, there, you know what's going to happen if you get in any trouble in any fights, or you, people, people know here that, there's probably drugs around, but the people don't. It's not. It's not consumed like it is in the UK or Australia or somewhere like that because people have the respect because they they know that if they get caught with that stuff, they know there's some serious That's consequences. So look, look at society now. Look at the West. Your watch. You'll never wear that watch anywhere in Central London. If you're alone, you could have possibly get knifed, acided, or jacked for just for that watch. Straight up, mm-hmm. I'm saying now, and uh, that's a risk you're gonna wear to take. So please, will actually come to you? Don't follow report. Well, mate. Why did you wear that? You know, it's not really safe. Yeah, to walk yeah, yeah. You can't. You're you... like, I'm in Carnaby Street. Well, it's not. Come to Dubai. Leave this. Take your watch off. Leave a Louis Vuitton wallet. I promise you. Anywhere, come back is there. Promise you. We could do a social experiment. So, so, what what is it about Dubai that you think so good? Then I think it's the whole. I think, firstly, and again, I'm not pushing it. I believe because they live by the Islamic laws and rules. That itself is a perfect system for society. For example. It's outlawed stealing, outlawed to uh, flip someone off in public square, fighting. If that happens here, you're all getting arrested. I can't even say now, you leave, me and you leave. I'm thinking, ah, Frankie's a prick. I, t- I put an Instagram picture like that. You don't see it. This di- Frankie's a dickhead. You can go to the police and defamation report. I'll be in jail or I've got to pay a big fine. Defamation. In the UK, people abuse the Queen. Whether you like her or not, it's disrespectful. Yeah. Oh, our protests, outside stores... Uh, or don't eat that or vegans okay I respect everyone if you want to be a vegan be a vegan if you're against animal cruelty I respect that you can't come to a business and abuse a sales worker has no clue he's just getting his uh, little 9 to 5 payment and he's paying for his bills and you're just sitting there uh, throwing paint at things or abusing the business or going against them here you would be arrested it's, it's organised it's respectful so my point is the way of the law of the land here is amazing people know the consequences people know there's no drugs, it's banned for a reason. Look what drugs does to society. It, it, it's safe, it's tax efficient, and from, from what I've seen, there's, there's an abundance of opportunity that, that I've not seen in other places. I'll tell you something now, yeah? And you can put this out as a clip. There's things which are outlawed in Islam. Right? I'm going to tell on the, to your audience now. And a haram, which means sinful and not allowed for reasons. Gambling, alcohol, drugs, like public fornication, sleeping around, like relentlessly, yeah, murder and stealing. Now look at all societies in the world where the issues stem from. What does gambling do to most people? Brings you in debts. What does debts do? You go out, you rob, you do crime as a result to get the payment back. You're in a hole. It's yeah, a gambling. cycle. It's a no cycle. No one wins in gambling. No one wins. Yeah, drugs. Tell me one benefit of drugs. There's not one benefit unless it's a herbal remedy for a cancer dying patient. There's no 
benefit of taking cocaine. And there's no benefit to drugs. It brings a lawless society. Again, crime, drug dealers, robberies, stealing for it, getting addictions to crack. The whole epidemic you saw in the 80s in New York or up north in England. You've got that. A society where fornication and this is abundance, prostitution or OnlyFans or everyone sleeping with each other, having affairs, on like breaking families, poor kids, single mothers with no father running away, just promiscuity. It results in a society or status which breaks society. Now, these things are outlawed here for a reason. Swearing, gangster, like, all right, crime's illegal in UK, yeah? Crime, like drug dealing, abuse, murder. But yet they'll pay millions to have a rapper promote that on stage. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not allowed, but let's pay this guy, say, fuck the police, I killed him, I shot him, tempelized, and all these kids are like, yeah, 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 bum, bum, bum. They don't know what they're doing. This is illegal, but let me push this. Let me give this guy a platform to sing in front of millions. You don't know, they don't know what they're doing themselves in the West. It's just money making. Whatever makes their money won't stop gambling, casinos, betting free. They make money from that. Drugs they make money from. They make money from this. They make money from red light districts, from OnlyFans, from prostitution, from strip clubs. It makes money. They don't care what the... Uh, out the uh, ben- what the uh, outcome will be. Here, these are outlawed. When you have these things outlawed, society functions better. I'm not saying everyone has their problems. Yeah, you get this. I'm not saying blaming people for getting to that or whatever. But when you have a society which lives by certain values, Judeo Christian or whatever, don't have to believe in it, whatever. But the proof is in the pudding. Society works better. I have my kids. I could never raise my kids in the UK. I'm sorry. I, you, England's home. I love England. When they're playing the World Cup, I want them to win. Any English person comes here, I'm happy bumping into one in a supermarket. Oh, where are you from? But I could never let my daughters be raised there. Um, it's not safe. Where could you raise them? You tell me. Central London, the richest areas, crime. Like, you have murders. I mean, a policewoman, a police officer murdered a poor girl in a park. You know that kind of story what came out in the UK lately? A jogger, ex-off-duty off policeman. You can't even trust the police. The police have no power. Yeah. These podgy old men with glasses, all right, mate, uh, you've parked your car here. I mean, if, if I said, no, I'm not going to move, what are you going to do? Not no one's scared of the police. No one's scared of teachers. They abuse teachers, abuse police. Police get attacked. Come and do that to a policeman here. Yeah, yeah, Say yeah. Say yeah. it. So, flip someone off in public or my daughters can run in a mall at night, up and down. I can just stay here. I'll never think, God forbid, of a poor Jamie Bolger case, what happened in the UK. Yeah. Never see it. You won't see a Jimmy Savile walk around looking. There's no paedophiles. Yeah. Giving out Werther's originals outside schoolyards. You don't get it. Everything's big brother state to a point where... To get a SIM card, you've got to be registered. You have to yeah. have ID. I like that. It, well, the, the, way, the way that they've done it and the way, the way you, you can move around here and the opportunities that you can get here, it's just, it's just crazy. I've, yeah, because I've, why is it opportunity? Why is everyone coming here? Because it's safe. People can say what they want. People like to be in a safe society. So if you've got a girlfriend, a wife, or a mother, mm. she can walk any time of the night. You're never going to stress has she kidnapped, God forbid, gang raped or some dirty incident. Or a st- it doesn't happen. Because people, what people know, the consequences, they won't even think. And I tell you, before it, God forbid, if anything happened, the police will have him in a few hours. I, I um, I left my phone here in the back of an Uber the first time I came here for three weeks on the way back to Australia the first time, and the guy just drove around the corner, especially to deliver it back to me. And it's just things like that 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 just wouldn't happen in other countries because yeah. I've I've took Ubers in many many countries and, and that kind of service doesn't happen. It's, it's just it's that, just it's, it's just it's just, li- it's just little things like you know I walk down by the address beach and there's people there with with watches 
and they'll just take them off and they'll put them on the side of the on on that wooden table and and I've seen some some proper watches yeah. on these geezers like that like like it's like I saw their houses, their houses on the wrist. Yeah, yeah, there's like three hundred and fifty k. This houses, yeah. It's free, and and he gets up and he walks past me and I'm just walking. I'm just on doing getting my steps in and he just puts it there and then that's on the table and walks in and see and I'm I'm like that's that's some crazy shit. But that that's that is Dubai. That's that's, that's Dubai uh, is abundance. So people that people here don't talk about recessions. They don't talk about that negative stuff because it's so abundant. Well, that's testimony to the leadership as well. That's why the leader here, Sheikh Mohammed, has done a great job. Leads by example. I was in a restaurant the other day. Sheikh, the ruler himself, Sheikh Mohammed, walked in a restaurant. I'm here. He's at a table there. No security. Saying hello to everyone. He literally sent food to my table as a gesture because he's knew it was my wife's birthday or whatever. Like, food and left. Takes pictures. Would you see Boris Johnson do that? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> nah. Would you ever see Angela Merkel or Donald Trump? You'd never see him. They'd have that. God, yeah. get out of the way. Don't use your phones. Push through. You'd never see could you ever go up to Prince Philip or Prince William or, uh, Pri- sorry, Prince Philip's gone, or Prince William or Harry and say, I've got this problem, like uh, my wife's struggling or I can't afford the operation or, you couldn't even get access to them. Yeah, yeah, They yeah, have yeah, access yeah. here. They have access, yeah. They have access. The rulers say, what's the issue? They'll fix it if someone can't afford treatment. They'll look after a business. If you've, you, you the other day, some Indian uh, labour worker, a cat was falling off a building. It, it sounds fake, it's really true. It was in a, uh, you could see the video went viral. They put this big blanket and stopped it. The next day, shakes and rewards for all of them, which is life changing. Just for that, you, Boris Johnson won't even know you are. Yeah, yeah. You come yeah, in, yeah. probably do a line of coke somewhere. Well, that's leadership. That's why the people and everyone's happy. When you have people who really care about the people, that matters. That's why I love society here. They literally look. We've got war veterans, people who fought in England in the army, or long-serving workers who are homeless, who are shivering in the winter. The government don't care. They do not care. Here, every local Emirati who is born an Emirati is given land, given discounts on food and gas. If you want, they're looked after for life. Yeah, Their weddings are paid for. Yeah, imagine. Why yeah. would you not love? Why would you not respect that ruler or that land and think, you know, I'm not going to do crime. I'm not going to do that because what they do for me. You see what I mean? That's the difference. You can't buy that. You can't teach that. That is society. That's from leadership. That's why this country is so uh, good. UK, they're all about filling their pockets. You know what I mean? I want to get tenant. I'm trying to make money. I'm going to get that guy to do that industry. I'm going to get that because they all so, so. So, for the people listening, then, what kind of people and what kind of businesses do you think now can be built here? Sky anything, as long as it doesn't break the boundaries, obviously, of their religion, which is meaning like marijuana farms and stuff. Yeah, anything, bro. Anything which is booming or there's a niche or popular, here's the place to come. Why? Because you've got the networking capital of the world. Everyone's here now. Everyone's here, from YouTubers, celebrities, to businessmen, to sportsmen. You could walk in a mall, you'll bump into someone. And here is an idea you can, one in ten people wouldn't put you in the right direction. You can keep speaking, I've got this plan, I've got this business presentation. It's a vape. I want to bring this vaping thing, it's cool, it's got this logo. Guarantee you, within one in ten people, you'll meet someone who knows someone who can put you in the right direction. And here's a place to raise money, raise capital, you name it. I honestly believe if you're young... You're not settled down. You haven't got uh, commitments back wherever you are. Take that risk. Come here. There's many places to live outskirts of Dubai which are affordable. Uh, there's uh, apartment sharing. They do everything well, here. What would you say then the cost of cost of living here would be for someone starting? It's, it's hard to like say. A, like as a rough rule of thumb, what, 
like five k a month, ten k a month. What, what, what dirhams? No, in 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 pounds, no, dollars. Much less. You could get a studio rental in a place called Jumeirah Village Triangle or Jumeirah Village Circle, which is ten minutes from where we are, Dubai Marina. You could get a studio rent for three thousand five hundred thousand dollars a month rent, yeah, minimum, and it's furnished. TV, internet, literally, it's like five star for UK. You could pay less. You could pay four hundred pounds a month and have an apartment share with someone, like in a one bed with a nice an expat, a nice apartment, fully uh, furnished. Food, it's whatever you want. The supermarkets here are cheap. Don't think as a tourist. The big malls. There are a lifestyle here of supermarkets who are affordable. You have scooter ranks everywhere. Not like getting stopped. You can go anywhere on public the metro. You can go for ten, for ten or five pounds. You can go from here to the airport, which is an hour drive usually. Yeah, for like five pounds. Taxis are cheap. It's very affordable, bro. If you really look out and meet the right people, don't look at Dubai bling. I want to live in a villa, Virgil Arab. If you look at the right places, it's really good communities. They're all safe. They're not like there's no ghettos here. There's no crime. And then from there, meet people. Come out your plans. You always. Dubai is so big but so small. Everyone knows everyone. You could go out now and say, do you know a guy called Tam can't go to a few places? You'll find me without asking on Google. I could find you, like, if, if you're racist or not, just go to a few people and within, by the end of the day, I'll find out where you are. Just, I can meet you like that. It's like that. I mean, the reason why I recently left Australia is one, because I want to take my podcast to the next level. But two, because it's like, even, even when you run a business, like, you're not only paying the taxes, you're paying tax on everything you everything you spend plus you've got the bureaucracy of like doing accounting and all that stuff and when you and when you're living in a location like this and you've got you don't just you don't just save on the on the taxes you save a lot of money on the on the the compliance of all the other stuff that you have to do yeah look i'm not saying tax is a bad thing because that's part of the law but what you what are you getting for your taxes what are you paying for if i'm in england now paying all that tax what are they giving me in return Crimes up. Your bins out. <laughs> what? What? I've got to do my own bins. There's no milk coming to my door anymore. Yep. Crimes at an all-time high. There's no security. Lights are going off at eight p.m. They're saving on lights. There's no, everyone's cold. Everyone's done. What am I paying you for? For what? I don't want to give tax anymore. What am I? What am I getting from that tax? The country's a shithole. There's elderly people dying. People have to queue up in the NHS for hours to see a doctor. Months to be uh, seen. So, like, what are you getting for it? Nothing. You might as well privatize everything. Might as well, because it's not working anymore. So I would say, I don't, even if I have, to, I won't pay taxes. You know, what are you giving me? It's like I buy an apartment, and you get service charges. Service charge. You ask them what you. What does that cover? Security here, gym, swimming pool access. So I go, okay, I know the lifts, servicing, uh, this delivery, laundry, whatever. All right, cool, done. UK. What? Tell me what your tax. What is it supposed to go to? Tell me. I still don't know. I watch the news. These taxes gone up. What are, all these people who are making money, I understand why the wealthy are leaving. They're working so hard. They've built these successful businesses. Don't blame them. They're thinking, fuck that. What am I staying there for? Like, I've spent my whole life working, built this empire, and some little rat can jump over my fence, stab me, take my car, and you're going to go, yeah, uh, give him a month in a nice prison with a fucking hotel and a TV. It's bullshit, bro. The system shit doesn't work. That's why... The UAE, the Middle East, Saudi—they're gonna. You'll see Saudi in the well, next ten years. It's gonna boom. The West will be saying the Middle East and the Arabs are backward. You'll see this reverse, and I don't. God forbid it doesn't happen. But everyone will be laughing at the West. Give it ten, fifteen years. That will be the third world. Mark my words. Look this back in ten, fifteen years. 
the UK is going to be a third world country and everyone's going to be running to the UAE and Middle East. Why? Because they live by morals, rules, the government, Muslim society where it's accountable and it looks after its people. Christian, Jew, whatever you are, it's there to protect the people in that society and make sure everyone's safe, healthy, happy, and everything, every, everything works to a right system. Not like the West, bro. It's finished. Yeah, no, man. I've lived in an abundant. Obviously, I've left the UK eight and a half years ago. I've lived, I've lived a beautiful life in Australia. The only problem for me in Australia is the fact of like, I'm, I'm isolated from, from all the, all the guests that I want on. That I now want to take myself to the next level. So I thought to myself, Do you know what? I will base myself between the Dubai, the UK, and America to be able to allow me to facilitate taking this thing to the next level to give the audience value. Do you know what I'm saying? You have to be willing to burn your ships to make that happen, yeah. but. I think it, it's a shame, bro, because UK, uh, wanna, there's no city like London, bro, on earth. No. Nah. There's nowhere. You can, it, London it, is London. It's the best it's city shame, in the world. Bro. It's the best, but it's a shame. Sadiq Khan, the guy's a donkey. Like, how is he still there? Like, what is he doing? What's his job? Mayor of what? He's a, he's a clown. That guy, yeah, the other day, I never really had an issue with him. But the other day he said something like, Qatar... They're going to stop there. They're going to review Qatar as a country advertising, yeah, on the London Underground or the tra- transport system because of their human rights things. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. UK is going through a recession crisis now. 80% of the funding in London is from Qatar. They own the airports. British Airways, banks, you name it, Harrods. The real estate, the Arab invasion summers, the money they put in to tourism. Yeah, they're the only real tourists because Russia's gone now. Yeah, investments, right? They're bringing over, I think, ten to four to ten billion worth of pounds. Yeah, and it's getting growing up to forty. And you want to ban them from doing that? What? Are you mad? Are you? Sh- what if they say, you know what? F off. We're pulling all our money out. See ya. Then what? This idiot is like, I don't understand. So these are the kind of people in leadership in the UK. That's yeah. why it's going down the pan. There's no real leaders for the people. There's no real leaders who care about the people. They care for finance, and that's the problem. Here, they care for the people, man. I'm telling you, I can say stories of shakes seeing guys in a bad car struggling on the side road, putting a tire up. They stop. Next day, a guy's got a new car delivered. A woman can't afford. She's a single mum, or a guy's got uh, an illness, and they pay for all the funding of the uh, um, medical. These are things I see. I've been around yeah. them. I see it on a daily basis. People no, don't talk the, about. The, there's, That's there's, a lot, for the there's a lot. There's a lot of dark, darker things reported from from these nations. But at the end of the day, when you when you actually come here, the, my my experience has been very good. Like in terms, but you've been terms, here. The darker things are from people who've never been here. It's just yeah, clickbait. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Always speak to someone who's lived here, someone like yourself who's travelled and been there. And like I said, I wish the UK had a leader like the guys here who. Shakes here who want the best for the people say right you it's, know what it's for business this place is set up for doing business and for having a good life that's that's essentially what it is it's like they they they've got their money from oil and and actually gas in Dubai and no Dubai is not oil Dubai is purely tourism and the, that's Abu Dhabi and Saudi they've built it from tourism to the point where people come here and you'll see more people even given uh, long citizenships now and everything so it's not like the old days you don't need a sponsor to open a business they've changed that. Uh, you can give birth outside. They've changed a lot of laws. So they're catering. They're even adjusting for the West to say, look, here's a new hub. Here's a new place they're building. It's, bro, I'm telling you. They, they, they made it real real straightforward for me to real get my... Re- yeah. I, 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 literally, I literally, I did I did half of my residency 
before I physically came here. And then when I physically came here, it was like blood test, this, that, and the other. Sign a few forms, go down here, do this fingerprint here, blah, 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 blah. ID and then, done. ID, ID done. And do you know what? I was thinking when I go to these places for these appointments, it's going to take ages of being a queue. It's like you're in, you're out, your blood test is done. It's so good. You can order things 24 Six hours a day. Six weeks in the UK, you'll be like, oh, mate, where's my national insurance card? Let me just send another one off. DVLA, 10 but, weeks later it comes. Oh, but, sorry, Royal Mail on strike, mate. Well, I, I, ain't come. I would advise anyone listening to this podcast that, if you're if you're between the ages of say anywhere between eighteen and and thirty five, especially, it's like you, there's no reason why you shouldn't have a second residency in Dubai, even if you don't live here all year round or you come here. You should have a second residency as an option for yourself, and you should potentially set up a business in terms of like a free zone business. Yeah, look, look, if you're that age and you're young, you've got no responsibilities, no wife, no kids, or husband and kids, or uh, commitments like you might have a sick uh, relative or someone you've got to look after or care. If you've got no strings attached, take that risk now. I say to everyone, go to, it's booming. Look at Saudi, yeah? Look at these regions. Saudi are investing trillions to build that country. It's like Dubai 20, 10, 15 years ago. Well, they're just going to build that line. The line, yeah, the line. They're neon. What they're doing there, they're throwing money as well. So if you've got no strings attached, go to Saudi because this is, sorry, this is a time where the pioneers will be. This is a time to be the first at doing uh, MMA gym or, Top golf, whatever is now's the time to go Saudi and set up. So anyone listening, Saudi also is another option because the ones, the difference between that one percent who make it, are the ones who take that risk and go now. Trust yeah. me, that's the difference. That one percent you see online when you see these Andrew Tates or these people you follow, these are the people who thought mm, they assess, boom, I'm gone. Yeah. And if you want to, if you want to access, me, I'm content. I'm the luck. My life, I want to raise my kids. I've got a good school here. I love the vibe. I love the people here. It's like the just the vibe, my family, friends, and uh, but for those people who really, if it was me and if I was single and young, bro, not even about young, but if I was single and no like, no like comfortable thing with my kids and they didn't love their school, I'll be in Saudi tomorrow because I know the potential. If, if it was money was just, my goal, just if money was my goal and success, bro, Saudi go now. Mark my words, go Saudi. I've got, I've got, I've got girl mates over over there now, and, and, they, and they love it. Network. Saudi, they've got money like you can't imagine. They're building this crazy society. It's gonna be the hot, bro. You just trust me. I knew about this years back. I was seeing people, all the big fours, PwC, the Deloitte's, everyone setting up base there, and uh, my sister was there for some work. She goes, "This is four or five years ago." She goes, "Go to Saudi. That place is. I mean." Sport, look at sport, boxing, and all the events they're doing, and yeah. concerts, they're buying all this. They stuff want now. it to be a tourist hub. They want to welcome people away from that bad stigma. And I honestly believe anyone who's got an idea, try Saudi. Nothing to lose. And if you make it there, you're making it. Just give me ten percent of whatever you make as my advice about going there. I'm telling you now. I'm not going to say on here what I know and of people I know and things, but go Saudi, go there for a few weeks and network because I'm telling you. It will change your life. And Dubai, Dubai is amazing, but it's a lot of competition. I'll be honest. Dubai is like, in a way, saturated right now. Everyone's here, and the best of everyone in the world. I mean, literally, told you that Mike Tyson's in town. You've got filming movies. The director of Rush Hour's here. So, if you're in the movie business, you've got to compete with them. The biggest gyms, the biggest nightclubs, the biggest uh, the CEO of Binance lives here. I mean, in crypto world, the biggest are here. So it is 
and the best place in the world, but at the same time, the competition's high. So you've got to really work hard and, you know. But in Saudi, it's fresh. It's fresh and uh, sky's limit. So my advice to all of you, if you want to take a risk and you've got an idea, you've got a good concept and you really believe in it, so you should, go to Saudi. Give it a go, whether it. it's an app it. or anything, yeah. I love it, mate, because at the end of the day, like, all... All these people out there that want to change their life, they've got to change their location potentially. Yeah, I mean, no, ha, ha, don't look, get me wrong, you can do it. And you, I'm not, we're not both saying if you're in UK, you can't, mate, you can. Not the UK, not Australia. Like, if you're in the UK and Australia, like, it's, it, they're, they're both, they both are really good lives. Like, they're amazing and there's opportunities everywhere. But I'm saying, if you, re- <laughs> the networking capital of the world now for me is Dubai, but I think Saudi is a place for innovation and ideas and it's a place to really explore because. They're hungry. They're looking at new ideas, new concepts. What they're looking for things which can benefit the country. What can you bring to the country? What can make it? And if you can bring a skill, if you can bring a skill or an idea or anything, they, they'll, anything they, they've what, got the funds yeah, to back anything it. Anything what appeals to what is or tourism. Yeah. I've not I've not been to Saudi Arabia yet, but you've made me want to go there. Oh, trust me. And funds, <laughs> funds. When you talk about money and funds, are not a problem. Right? They're, they're, they're not. An there's money and there's. As Saudi the old uh, Buster Rhymes track, Arab money. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. actually, Saudi's just done a mad deal with the Chinese as well. They've done, they've signed a, a I think it's BRICS agreement with, okay. the, with the Chinese, which which allows, which now which now aligns them and other other countries uh, as trading partners, which will which may mean in the future that the that the the obviously the U.S. dollar being the global currency may may take a hit in the future because obviously Saudi and China and Saudi's obviously the oil capital and all that stuff. So Another place also is uh, Qatar, Doha, because now after World Cup, they've changed a the policy where you don't need a local sponsor again. So Doha will open it to a nice place, beautiful place. So you see the GCC, while that unfortunately, which I hate to see because UK's home is kind of declining, this area is just booming. Yeah. It's booming. And I think youngsters who've got nothing to lose like a little nice hot weather Give it a go. Take it a risk. What's the worst that can happen? Can, can, can you live What's it, the can, worst that can, can happen? Can you live it all year round, though? Because it, is, it does get super hot. Brother, yeah. I love it. It's any country. Can you live in the UK all year round? Look at, today it's snowing. <laughs> it's snowing. I know, yeah. You know, in heat and sitting there shivering. Oh, I've got to get a, uh, some milk. You've got to drive to that local that park, that ice, the cars sliding. Come on. Everywhere in the world, there's nothing perfect. Yeah. There's like, I'd rather have it hot than that this winter, God forbid, with... The crisis in UK. I really pray for the people, and I pray for the elderly, bro. It's not not going to be nice. Australia to me was the perfect country, the perfect place, the perfect environment, the perfect amount of abundance. But there's just the fact of like because it's got all that on an island, and it's it's so far away from everything that I need to everyone I need to sit down with yeah, and, like, and do business. Every country with. will have its flaw, bro. So it's so it's far think. five hours just to get out of Australia. I think it is. Yeah, it's far, it's five hours. Yeah, yeah, five hours just to get from just to get from yeah, Brisbane. I to mean, Perth. there's no such thing as perfection, but if there was. I think close to I th- perfection. I, I think Dubai would be. I think. I think the way the way it's situated in the world, so you can get to anywhere in a short amount of time, is pretty pretty decent. Yeah, it's the center of the world, like you said. UK to Australia is twenty four hours. That's why I never flew there. Like it's, I think it's a whole day's trip. Australia to Singapore to here is quite. You can go to Singapore, Asia, uh, Africa, the US, Europe, everything central to UAE. One thing I want to talk to you about before we uh, nick off the podcast is. Obviously, like you went massively viral on social media when you were the guy pictured with Andrew Tate in the mosque and yeah, yeah, converting yeah, yeah. to Islam and all that stuff. And obviously, there was a lot of there's a lot of uh, 
virality from that because of the fact of like he was a massively practicing Christian man, obviously massively believed in in Christianity, and then obviously he converted. Like, what? How? How did that all come about? That came about because Andrew himself uh, found that Islam's a truth. And especially for him, and he realized after studying a lot, like many do, that you know there's too many hypocrisies and flaws in other religions he was studying. He he got to a point where he was saying, "Okay, I've got this holy book, which I respect all religions, Christianity, Judaism. We're all came from the same background basis, but unfortunately, during time, messages and books were tampered with. Hence, God brought the Quran as a final seal to man." And he'd see things like the Old Testament would say this, but the New Testament says this. This is not allowed yet. You've got gay priests. For example. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm saying against the religion, it's a hypocrisy. If I say to you, yeah, you're going to train. We don't believe in burgers and chips because we're athletes, but you sit me eating burgers and chips all day, you'd be like, bro, you're waffling, yeah? And uh, he saw a lot of hypocrisy. He saw how societies put it to a shelf. Their church is only good for Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, have a few sim- hymns. And there, then he saw Islam. He's like, okay, why? Why is it okay? And people just disrespect Jesus, who's a prophet, who we all love. They write pictures and shirts, and you get these Satanists and these Marilyn Manson bands, and they're just like, yeah. And it's it's cool. You do that about the Muslim prophet, you won't last a minute. You won't even walk out the road. You go to a Christian and give a million dollars and say, you know, accept whatever. Like a trans, accept tra- a trans, like say priest. It's okay now. Go to an imam. Go to a delivery driver who makes 500 a month. It's my test. You give him, if you could, show him a million dollars cash, which will change a generation of him. Say, denounce Islam on this video now. Go go ask anyone. They'll never do it. Go ask any other religion. They'll do it. And I'm not listening to religions. Go ask any Muslim how poor they are. A million dollars to a guy who's probably got no limbs. India, you name it, who's Muslim. Give him a million dollars and say, here's a million dollars on this video now. Denounce Islam and come and join this whatever. Guarantee you won't find one person unless he's mentally disturbed. Now tell me why is that? That's the power of the religion. That's the power of the faith we have in our religion. No other religion can do that. You could never make me do something, whatever to uh, thing because not because I fear, because I know the truth and it's the respect we have for God and the message. And that's what Tate said to me, bro. I love. I, that's what I respect. It's the honor. You don't sway out of this way. And how society is going, Islam has an answer for everything. We, it has that respect. It, it doesn't tolerate everything. Because if you tolerate everything, then... You, you t- if you tolerate everything, you are nothing. You are. It's just like, yeah, let's follow this next uh, next thing. Like, look, each to their own. There's some things I don't agree with as a Muslim. But I'm not going to abuse them and say no. But just don't enforce it on me. I want to enforce myself on you. I don't agree with certain things. I'm not going to say, but it's the way they enforce it on society to kill off traditional society. Man, woman, mother, child. Everyone's got their own story and what they want to be. But for me, another thing, I don't want this agenda pushed on my children, man. Like in schools, what they're trying to push. I think as parents, they don't have a say. In the UK, if you go against it, they can arrest you, take your kids away. Yeah, Australia too. Yeah, yeah, what is that? Like, my kids are just about three and a half, right? I've never, ever, I promise you now, told them to say anything or nothing. I don't push anything. Me and my wife don't. Naturally, they've gone, Baba, nail polish, get me that makeup, I'm Barbie. I just try and make them box. Come here, let's wrestle. It's, it's an inclination them to do that. As kids, play football, oh, he man, we're like, Ugh. it's inbuilt in them. Now they're trying to confuse kids. No, let them, 
come on, man, what do kids know? What do we still know? At 16, we, are, we never knew what we were doing. They're putting this agenda, and he doesn't like that, and he saw that, but he saw Muslim countries, how Muslims live, and how Islam has a system for everything. It's not just about pray five times, but how you give charity, how you respect your neighbours, how you respect others, how if you've got an enemy, a Muslim, like if I'm a Muslim, like I see someone struggling, you look after them, you look out for them, give them food. It's the united people, and that's why it's growing so well. The system works. It's through centuries, and the system in countries, when it's implemented, works. Societies, like you see now. Peaceful. It's not. You don't see, have you seen a policeman with a gun? Have you seen a policeman anywhere? No. Be honest. No. Tell me if you see a police on the street. Why? Doesn't need to be. Don't, there's no, doesn't need to be. People know because it's got Islamic rule. They know. It's not scared. It's just disrespect. But it, but even though even though this country is run or city, however you want to put it, is run on Muslim law, it's very much open to the West. It's very. It's very. I feel very comfortable here. Like I like I know I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go doing some of the stupid things that would get me in trouble anyway but I feel very like there's not there's there's not much that could go wrong as long as I just do what I normally would and live live respectfully like every society and Islam teaches us uh, whatever your beliefs res- we have to respect other people's beliefs let them live here practice their religion practice their faith just don't push your gender for example like I said if you're in the UK to Muslims don't push Islam on everyone I want a Sharia state it's wrong that's a, that's a sin it's a, a Christian country it's an English country respect the law's land as long as they don't make you not practice your religion, which England don't. England's the most o- open country on earth. You can pray what you want. Muslims are allowed to fast, have mosques everywhere. Respect the Lord's land, same way here. So, like you said, Western, you're allowed to do, enjoy everything in privacy of a home. You've got bars, you've got cl- you've got everything here. But it's just the normal, the r- general rules for everyone are the same. And everyone lives wow. amongst each other. Every- you've got more religions here under one roof. You've got... I think they've identified more cultures here than the United Nations in this one country. Everyone's living. What I what I've what I've seen and what I've known is the fact of like, I think all humans inherently need a belief in something bigger than themselves in order to feel whole, and it it doesn't matter it doesn't matter whether that's what religion that is, and it doesn't matter if if that's the universe if you're more spiritual, but you need to believe in something bigger than yourself because if you just believe in if you if you make so, like if I make this podcast my my god, if or if I make what I'm passionate about my god, or if I if I have something else as, as my god, but but there's nothing bigger than that, then I'm kind of opening myself up to feel less complete. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But you know you're, what you're talking about is this natural inclination we call it fitra in our in Arabic. Every human's born with it, and people don't realize everyone has it. For example, take away all this, we're on an island, we're just cavemen, yeah, yeah. We're born, we're running around, killing out. You would never fuck your mum, would you? Wherever you are. Because you know. There's some, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> no one would. Why? Wherever you're born with, no education TV, we can't speak a language. We know something's wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? You're born in a, na- say it's an open fucking canvas. You're put on a society that we don't know what schools are, there's no books, nothing. There's something inside of us that tells us that's wrong. An internal compass. Yeah, incl- a natural inclination. There's also that of that. There's also that of we need to eat. We're hungry. What's that? Put it in your mouth. You smell. There's certain things, and there's a certain thing every human has. There's some power or creator we have. Everyone has that natural inclination. That's why you see atheists screaming to God when the plane's crashing. Oh, God, help me. Everyone has that when they smoke weed or they're looking at scars at night. I wonder why I'm here. There's this force. Call it God. Call it whatever. That's inbuilt in human uh, in every human, this natural inclination is fitra. So that's why you said everyone has it, but people try and change it. Oh, Big Bang Theory and that. Look, 
and I didn't mean that offensive way, but I'm just saying it's a natural thing. We wouldn't do it. It's sick because we know there's something stopping us. Even if we're born as animals or cavemen, you wouldn't do it because there's something internally given yeah. to you by the creator. You, 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 are, you have an internal compass that, 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 that sets you on the right if, path. Without any book telling you that. That's come yeah. from something, yeah? yeah? My point is, like, for example, your mum. You call her all the time. If your mum told me, oh, can you pick this up? You do it. Why? Yeah. Why because it's a respect thing. Why, though? Because it's just an internal feeling that I have to Well, why if your mum told you specifically, look, Frank, can I get this, can I that, or she's crying, you go and check her out. Why? Because it's your mum. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, your mum looks after you as a kid, your dad, they respect you. Why don't us humans respect that creator source, what gave us our mum, our dad, gave us fingers, our bodies, gave us the sun, the moon, the stars. We can't one minute out of our day thank this creation, what did everything for us. Yeah. Yet we thank, run for our mum and dad. That's my point. So I know there's something's made this, this God, Allah we call it, has gave us everything, our mums, our dads, our great-grandparents, Gave me the opportunity to have my children, which I love, to walk, to bend, to eat, to smell, to be healthy. I can't five times out of my day pray and thank this creation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's and ha- and and at the end of the day, right? It, even 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 if you got to the end, right? And there, and and it came out that there wasn't a god, right? Just hypothetically speaking, your your life has been better f- served by believing in something bigger than yourself. Exactly. That than anything else anyway. So if you set up, so, so, yeah, like, so irrespective, irrespective of of whatever anyone's belief is right now, once you start believing in something bigger than you, once you start believing in whether it's energy, whether it's the universe, whether it's uh, Allah, whether it's Jesus, whether it's something else, once you start believing in something bigger than yourself, and it's not just you believing in in the material stuff and chasing material things that's when you that part that people feel is missing internally that's when that becomes whole and 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 that as soon as the podcast went from being uh, a service well it never was a service to myself but say say i made this podcast as a service to myself and i'm serving this podcast as a god i'm sir and it's just for me then then it's not then it's for the wrong reason and, and I'd feel unfulfilled doing it because I do it because it's because I believe it's uh, it's cha- being channeled down from a higher place as in this I'm put here to do this to have conversations with Tam to allow him to talk about this this and this and to fa- facilitate that conversation and then and then it just it just feels a lot better do you know what I'm saying yeah for me look like I'm on your platform you're giving me an opportunity to talk I'm talking to you and I'm sitting here talking about Islam we're in 2022 or well, the world's changing we're talking about religion so yeah that shows the power itself and my point is, like you said, yeah, just look at where the morals come from. Like we say, we're cavemen. It came from holy books, Christianity, Judaism, Islam. How do we know what was right? How do we know looking after your neighbor, being nice? This all comes from this. If we, you take religion out and the fear of God and belief in God, what's going to stop everything? What's going to stop me from pillaging a village or the strongest killing? I want that woman. I want that. We'll become animals, man. And that's the way society is going. I promise you... I promise you they will legalise paedophilia soon in the West and they'll legalise bestiality, marrying animals. Well, I think they already do it. Some guy married a pillow, married a sheep. Society's gone mad. There's no boundary. Humans need boundary. We need discipline. We need, we're not here just to, all right, our purpose of life is not here just to be born, run wild, do as we want and die. Something so co- complex, just a human eye. Bro, our nose is above our lips for a reason, to smell the food and then taste it. Ears to hear it. It's so perfect, the creation, the eyes, the blink of an eye. Science can't mimic the blink of an eye. Yeah, and we think this is by chance, some big bang. We're here just to, yeah, you know, like this, that. No, 
there's a reason. So I think everyone out there should listen. Investigate. What's the reason? Is there a creator? Once you find out what is the purpose of the creator making us, once you find out, you'll come to a conclusion. But ask that question. Don't just be sheep, man, because people are pushing this agenda out so they can control the masses. Once they, if you're, if, if, you're if you're dis- if you're disconnected from from there being something something bigger then than they're going to be the god for you. Th- th- then 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 the god for you becomes money. Then the god system, for you, the then system, the god yeah. for you becomes a Gucci bag. Then the god for you yeah. becomes Louis or the Vuitton, government or the government, government or, or, or this that. Or, yeah, you yeah. must do this. Yeah. Don't do that. And they've control. And they've, that's yeah. halas. And they've yeah, got yeah. what you want. And they've got you what you want. And then yeah. And, and that's a, why, yeah. And there's a reason why. There's, I believe there's a reason why. It's, uh, you, I was sat there like literally 30 days ago, town, nowhere to lie, and it came over me that I had to move, right? And it was just, it was just an, a feeling, an inherent thing. You have to move. You have to go talk to more people. You have to go connect with more people. You have to do this. And it, and it, and it, I, I, you can't even explain how that internal conversation went. Like it, there has to be something bigger than, than you because the way the internal conversation went for me, it's like, it was like, okay, well that's what I have to do then. It just, it just made, it's made yeah, so much it, sense. It's like that. And we, we can, none of us will know the true, uh, why we act in some way. But one thing is for sure, I think everyone should, uh, like you said, you'll never have full contentness until you research for yourself. I'm not saying become worse. I'm not saying this. I'm saying, Go out and think why you're here. Read, educate yourself in a way where for your own self, internally, you'll be happier. For example, God bless him, Robbie Will- Robin Williams, a comedian. Yeah. Fame. One of the famous actors. He I had everything, yeah. Had everything, yet yeah, He was unhappy. There's rock stars. He's that. They have, you, to what we think, money, cars, can get any lady if you want, or man, or they've got it all, fame. Wherever they go, they'll get a free dinner. Oh, sir, pictures. That kind of feeling of confidence when everyone knows you, you know, yet they're still unhappy. What does that tell you? Well, that's actually go Bangladesh, go to India, go to the streets, go to a labor, like these uh, Satwa areas, yeah, where the, yeah. Um, the uh, lesser earning people kind of hang in these areas. They're all smiling on the street, having karakti laughing. Go on the tube from Shoreditch to Bank Street, they're like that. Yeah. Because they're, like, they're stuck in a problem. Zombies. Yeah, they're they're zombies. In- they don't know, they think that's life. These people are just, you need to like, it's not contentious. And unless you have faith, like you said, in God or whatever you, you need, fa- you have you, that, you have to have fa- something. I've, I've, under, faith I've, is I've, I've understood in the last three months that it's, it's, it's not about, let's just, I'm not saying let's not get into the religion stuff, but I'm on about just having a faith in something bigger than yourself is, is the key to feeling whole. 100%. That's what that's that's what I'm talking about. 100%. I'm not trying to push any agenda of any religion. I, I couldn't care what you believe in, but you have to have a faith in something bigger than yourself in order to feel complete. And then when you feel complete, you can live your life in the most abundant way possible. And not many people are out there telling people that. Bro, it's a, it's, it's it's the way we're born. Like in the house, we're young. The mu- our mum is like we look up to our mum. Whatever she says, we do. Yeah. When you get to a certain age, you're, okay, you're in the real world. You, there's a creator, a power source, whatever you want to call it. There's something there where you have faith in humanity, faith in good, faith in reason. Why am I here? Without that, you're going to destroy your head, not know. You're going to be an endless chicken. You know? So, whatever it is, like I'm not saying myself either, become Muslim, this, that, whatever it is, but think outside the box and read and do your own investigating. Get that faith, whatever it makes you feel at peace and calm when you have a bad day. Whatever brings you wholeness, essentially. Yeah, 
Like for me, I pray, I put my head down, or I pray to God, please, this, whatever it is that does that, you need that. Because without that, then you're going to get into that vicious cycle of antidepressants, stress, depression, and it's a dark, dark road. And, uh, and I, I, I think as a human being as well, from what I've understood is, I've, I previously in my business was making lots of money, but because I wasn't, because I wasn't serving the world ha- with my communication, with my voice, I didn't feel whole. Yeah. Because because even my internal compass when I was just making money was telling me, oh, but there's there's more to it. There's here. more there's more to it for you, mate. You're not you're not you're not here to do this. Uh, what, yeah, what is it? all right? You're making loads of money, for example. Yeah, you're doing well. Okay, that's it. Then what? Like then what? Yeah. Where's your real satisfaction come from? In, in Islam, in the Christ says you should want for what, for your neighbor what you have. Like if I'm wealthy, yeah, literally it's a sin. If I'm smashing, I'm balling, and my neighbors are struggling, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a sin on my behalf not to look out look out for them. Imagine that's what God that's our duty from God. Imagine, tell me where's is that not a good thing? You can't find a one person in the world will say no, that's not good. They didn't work for it. No, that's how we should be. Like that's why you that's why you came to that conclusion. For me, have guys come up to me, say, man, you know when you spoke, you did that with Tate, or you pray when you post these spiritual things, you made me pray, or you make me feel good, and I, and I swear that feels better than someone going, oh, you got fucking yeah, you look good, man, you got a good chest workout, bruv. That car looks good. I don't care. Bro, because it's always a better car. The, you think you're good? See how Tate lives. See how a Sheikh lives. Well, See how a Saudi lives. Bro, you're nothing. When I was, when obviously I'm a massive study of success and I speak to a lot of successful people. And the successful people, I've in, when I've, in, I've interviewed a lot of people successful in the terms of money and, and material wealth. And, I've interviewed, and I've, I've, I've interviewed a lot of other people that are also have material wealth and material success. The difference is the happiest people that have success have faith in something beyond themselves and, and they're the whole ones. So I've interviewed, let's just say, 125, 130 people, right, at high level. And I'm telling you now, the happiest and whole ones are the ones with the faith beyond it. And I only cottoned on to that about three months ago. It's a fact of life because, again, money... Stardom, hierarchy, reputation—it's limited, bro. It's—it's it's kind of—I won't say fake. It's just—it's a show. Behind closed doors, when you're alone at night, when you've got stress, when you've got a tribulation or a trial or something bad, who do you turn to then? That's when the real test comes. When you're really in your lowest point, no friend cares. You, someone's left you, your partner. Your family's away, you're in this, oh, that's when you've got to go to the creator, whatever you want to call it, open your heart, put your head down on the floor, how will we do it, and pray and say, look, give me guidance, what's my soul? And he'll open, you'll get a vision of some sort and you'll see. But for me, my uh, my stance without Islam and Islam in my life and praying, I swear I'd be, lo- I wonder where I'll be. And I always say, Alhamdulillah, thanks God that Islam came to me and I'm close to it because... I wouldn't have achieved nothing what I have. I wouldn't be where I am and I wouldn't be as satisfied and know my purpose in life. And I'm like, whenever, like, tomorrow's never guaranteed. You know, it's never guaranteed tomorrow. Um, I could, like, we could finish here. I could have a heart attack walking out the door or I could have a crash. But, yeah, alhamdulillah, whenever's my time, I'm ready. Yeah. And that comes after years and knowing, like, if it's my time, I'm time ready. The only thing I'd be upset about because I want to see my kids raised and make sure they're financially okay. But again, I know everything happens for a reason. I know everything God set and everything's written. So 
they'd be okay. You understand? Yeah, 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 have that faith yeah, and belief yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God forbid, have nothing else. I know. God makes a way. He says, I do not burden any soul more than they can bear. It's promised to us in our holy book. And I believe it's perfect. And also, so that's why I never stress, bro. I never stress. I, I had a problem in my gym last year where it was shut down. I, I lost everything. So never stressed. Then the humble has come back and it's become more bigger than it ever has been. Yeah. Because yeah, 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 faith yeah. in God and yeah. hard work as well, but faith in God and belief. So that's what I say. And uh, it took me years. I'm also like, I'm 41 now, man. I've, I've matured in different ways, but it took me years to really truly believe and live by that because being a Muslim as well I sin I do stupid things and had a bad temper and act in a certain way but bad times in your life will God gives you bad times to wake you up yeah. so don't take bad times as oh my life's bad it's a wake up call man yeah, 100% yeah, yeah, yeah. when you have a shit time or a low time that's a wake up call so get your shit in check this is the this is what you should be doing 100% yeah. So if Tam, yeah, if I said to you that if there's one thing that you could say, like you're checking out the world tomorrow, yeah, and there's one, there's one gift, one pearl of wisdom that you could leave on this audience to impart, but you can't leave any of the physical stuff that you got or the gym or nothing, but you just leave one pearl of wisdom. What pearl of wisdom would you leave for the audience? My opinion, I'm sorry to say this and I think, but I'd say everyone I advise not, not to just become, it's no compulsion, I don't want to pressure anyone, but read the Holy Quran. Just read the Holy Quran, anyone. Don't even become Muslim. Don't do anything. Just read that book as a guidance. And I promise you, if you read it with an open heart, anyone who reads it just as, a, as something to refer to in life, I promise you, not one of you will regret it. Not one of you will be more stressed. You'll actually benefit from it, whether it's internal peace feeling or you think, wow. Or even you think, you know what, it's a great book story. Just read that and it'll calm everyone down and make them realize the true meaning of life and that there's nothing to stress about when you see some of the sacrifices people went through in tribulations in life and how they had patience and what we call sabah, trust me, I, I recommend every person on earth just to read that holy book, just for the sake of it, just to see. With an open heart, no no hypocrisies, no agendas, just read it. Not to do anything, not to become, I'm not saying anything, just read it. Just present it as, like a novel if you want, if you want in your way, isn't it? Say, I want to read a book and just see how you feel. That's my only thing I'd recommend everyone do nothing else not about a business move not about knowing someone not about working out running every day fasting having one meal a day to think about read the Quran because you'll see it's, it is a book about society life how to think how to live how to walk how to treat people how to be good to people how to smile it recommends smiling it recommends giving cherry and if every person not to be rich but live by those rules Bruv, there will be no stress on earth. Mark my words, but I myself don't. No one else. No one does perfectly. So, I love that, man. I, I, like, I, like, I like the way that you've communicated that. And yeah. if 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 I can just leave you all with something, it's like you you must have a faith in something beyond yourself, no matter what that is. And that's and everything that's said in this podcast is like is is and everything Tam's saying. He's not he's not preaching about any sort of religion, and neither am I. It's like I'm. I'm just saying have faith in something bigger than yourself and that is when you feel most whole and I'm telling you now I've seen it in my life and Tam's seen it in his life and I know other successful people that are also whole not just on the physical realm they've also they've they've also had it where there's a faith in something bigger than themselves as well that is the key element that I didn't identify for so long and I think that'll help and serve you all but anyway Tam Khan pleasure 
Mr. MMA, Mr. Dubai, the king of Dubai. I, guys, I appreciate you. I appreciate you all listening. And I just do me a solid favor. If you resonate with what me and Tam are saying in this podcast and you've got some value, share it on the socials, share it on everything else. And we, we appreciate you, mate. And I'm going to do a little gesture, all right? I did before. Everyone comment. A, a comment regarding what a certain segment you saw on this podcast, what you liked or whatever you didn't like, whatever you do. And whoever comments, and Frankie will show me later, I'll give a free week pass to my gym. So if you're ever in Dubai and you can prove you commented and liked this video and you showed me the comment on my reception, you'll get a free week pass. There you go. There you go. That, that, so that's that, more incentive. That's an encouragement to go and like and subscribe on YouTube. YouTube is a, is, 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 a, is a channel that I'm trying to grow. 99% of the audience on YouTube that rewatch podcast after podcast are still not subscribed yet. I'd like you all to go and subscribe. And even if you listen to this on Spotify and Apple, I'd still like you to go subscribe on YouTube because the faster the YouTube grows, the faster we can get all the top guests in the world. Like I'm trying to bring you week in, week out. So I'd appreciate it. Uh, yeah, again, guys, much love. You're on the journey with me throughout this podcasting and uh, I'll speak to you all soon. Guys, do me a solid favor. Drop a comment below this video and let us know who you want on the podcast next.